Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report for today. It is, uh, I'll tell you, it's an incredible news day. As all as all days, it seems like the news is just coming in continually. Um, now, it's interesting that we see here on the on the uh, on the with, with the mainstream media, um, the CNN crew yucking it up about Donald Trump's plane crashing. You know, of course, it did not, and I'm. I hesitate to even say that, but but they were uh, waiting for him, of course, to um, arrive at uh, in Indiana, and they made, made some jokes. Certainly, not quite uh, well, not quite tasteful. Let's just say that. And of course, they apologize. The war on the truth, of course, taking its shape. Fake news, taking its shape as uh, fake news. The uh, that's what we're seeing, of course. Welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report for today. We've got a, just a fantastic show line for, lined up for you tonight. Uh, Paul McGuire from PaulMcGuire.us coming right up here, and uh, I, I want to just point something out here. There, there's an article, and I, I, Joe, you can't, uh, you didn't see it on uh, Zero Hedge, I guess. No, um, I, I didn't see it. I went through the first two pages, and I'm gonna I'm doing a quick search here for the, in the past. Uh, 24 hours here. All right. Uh, I found a. It's, was the Civil War inevitable essay? I'm not seeing the Civil War okay. inevitable article. I'm not sure if it was pulled or if I'm just having a hard time. Finding All right. It. Well, I I don't know. I, I happen to. I just happened to come across it, and it. it um, I apologize for for being a little bit more rattled than I usually am. Um, just so much news and, and such coming at us, and um, when, when I saw that, I, I was reading the, the about the, the in, inevi- inevitability of a civil war here in the United States, and the, the, just the way it read. Um, look, folks, we we are entering a dangerous time, and, and there are so many people out there who want to minimize the dangers. In in my view between now and the inauguration between now and mostly December 19th when the electoral college meets and then of course Congress gets sworn in on on January 3rd and then you've got um, the inauguration coming up some very significant dates in Washington D.C. and then after the inauguration of course the uh, first week, two weeks the first hundred days of, of the Trump presidency will be to me, uh, uh, an incredible exposure for the candidate or for the the president at that time, and, and I, I do believe that much uh, much of what he does as soon as he gets in office is going to anger the progressive Marxist Leninist left to, to such an extent that I they're they're going to they're going to want to take him out. And, and they're they're they're. Did you see the craziness surrounding the carrier situation where Trump? Yes. Um, well, that, that was, carrier keep eleven hundred jobs in the U.S. and 
Yes, the people it, on the left. I heard I heard a clip from the View. Well, th- th- that's where that's where the CNN anchor or a CNN uh, reporter was making the jokes about the uh, about his plane crashing. He was late or was coming in, and they were doing some sound checks and stuff, uh, you know, as we do prior to show. And uh, said something about the. I, I guess he was late. Oh, you know, reporting on a, on, on a plane crash or something. Which it, it, it just was in poor taste. Yeah, CNN crew jokes about Trump plane crash. Um, just uh, and then they they issue an apology. Uh, you know, this is what we get from the <laughs> from yeah. the real media, as they would like to call themselves. Well, exactly. And, and folks, and they, the, the quote was: "Trump's plane <laughs> is about to land. If I do this, he's landed, and if yeah. I do this, he's crashed. Hopefully." Um, and then and chuckles then in the background. Yeah, yeah. And um, then they had to issue an uh, an apology. To Trump, CNN has apologized uh, and disciplined the producer, but still has not identified her. Um, that by was name. the one in the background, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, well, we've seen a lot, of, a lot of crazy talk from and, and rhetoric I, from this election. I, I think perhaps, and I have to double check this, but I, I think there was a an issue with Fox News at one point uh, making a joke, a, a similar type of joke about the Obama's plane. I don't know. Uh, I do recall something vaguely, but either way, it's in bad taste. It's it's especially now, given the dry tinder on which we stand with respect to the nation, and um, we are working on a number of things, folks. Of course, PizzaGate um, is high on the list. We have so much information, and it is so incredible. Um, where is Julian Assange? Is he dead? Some say he's dead. He's not. He he appeared, or his voice appeared in the interview. What yesterday, the day before? All the, the days run yeah. together for me now. And there's been reports of and speculation of his death uh, since the start of the latest WikiLeaks releasing of the Podesta emails. There was a few different days where um, even anonymous had said they had reported that he had. He had been poisoned and, and died. Um, and he's in the an Ecuadorian embassy in London, I believe. Right. And I think if he really had uh, died, we would we would hear about it a lot sooner. I think it would be a lot more public, you know, until we get a official an official um, story one way or the other on this. I, I wouldn't put much stock into it. Well, uh, uh, no, I, I but. I want proof of life more than what we have. I want to know why his um, um, why his communication has been cut off. I mean, obviously, I know what they what they're telling me, but I want to know why his um, communication is cut off. Why we're not hearing anything from him? Of course, just a recent upload of thousands of files going back to nineteen uh, late nineteen seventies from Carter onward. The diplomatic cables. I would urge everyone to check that. The, the Carter cables, the Kissinger cables, all of that. Rich with information. I- extremely important information. But without further ado, let's bring Paul McGuire on. I didn't realize he was, he was on deck. Paul McGuire from paulmcguire.us is our guest for the next, uh, uh, 90 minutes. Paul, God bless you, man. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Doug. Hey, Joe. Uh, it's great being on, as usual. And let me ask you a quick question. How is the audio right now? You sound good. Good, because yeah. uh, it should be better than the last time, because I got some technical help from one of your geniuses on your team. 
<laughs> that 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 excludes me, Paul. So, yeah, anyway, uh, Paul, where do you want to start here? We've got we've got the we've got the satanic. Um, Satanic ritual abuse and kidnapping, pedophilia, uh, in addition to child in sacrifice, human trafficking, the, the, the whole gambit with respect to what well, that Pizzagate covers, the Clinton Foundation, the elections, the fallout from that. You've got uh, WikiLeaks, Assange, you've got, uh, well, any number of things. Where, where do we start? Well, what I, what I'd like to do with your permission is, uh, uh, as we talk, uh, connect these various dots, and then, of course, take them to a, a higher or deeper level. Um, um, and, and we can do that. Um, one thing, as we're observing all these things, like Pizza uh, Gate and the uh, speech by Trump last night, uh, which was very powerful for those people who watched it, and um, he made some very interesting comments in that speech where he spoke on a level that uh, I have never heard him speak on. And, in fact, I've never heard any major politician or president of the United States ever speak with such revealing candor uh, on certain topics. Um, and we can go into that, and uh, I have a, an idea why he spoke on some of those things. Now, the other thing is, uh, this everything that's going on in the United States right now, with the media, with Pizzagate, with Trump, with the with the marks, uh, remarks that are very destructive towards Trump, the riots in the streets, the 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 recount, um, it's all part of uh, the same big picture, and it's all most of it, the vast majority of all these things happening simultaneously uh, are not. It's not happening uh, randomly or by accident. It's happening. By strategic, uh, a strategic plan. And uh, I agree with you, Doug. I, I mean, 100%. Uh, the danger zone right now for Trump as he uh, moves towards officially uh, being president and being able to actually uh, assume c- control of the presidency, uh, the danger zone right now is red hot and it's hotter and more dangerous than it has ever been. And it's more dangerous for him than it's ever been uh, for any president uh, that I can remember. Uh, and we need to, uh, not just say we are, we need to pray fervently for the uh, safety of Trump, his family, and his team. Um, listening to his speech, he, it's obvious, and what he said clarified uh why he is such a dangerous threat to the globalist elite that are the ones controlling uh, our nation, uh, the European Union, most other nations, and, of course, the globalist elite uh, totally control the mainstream media through the six corporations that totally control the mainstream media, which are all directed by the globalist elite. So the the, the mainstream media is simply uh, doing their marching orders from the globalist elite. And uh, that's why the, you take CNN. And it's an unending assault. It's an unending series of lies. And many of the other media is doing this also. 
uh, as, we, as, we, as we have discussed before. I mean, they were caught with their hands in the cookie jar, and they were caught colluding uh, with Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party. I mean, the people who, like the mo- some of the moderators, as you know, and your audience knows, they were caught red-handed with proof. We all knew and, and, and sensed intuitively that when Trump was up there, it was fairly obvious to anybody with half a brain that the debates were rigged, but we didn't have proof, but we could see it because they, the moderators kept jumping in and acting like they were presidential candidates debating. And guess what? We all found out that indeed it was true. We got total proof from the WikiLeaks dumps that these people, especially that lady on ABC, she's vicious, man. Uh, no, I'm not going to say what I was going to think but it would be too disparaging. But she's vicious. And she went after him, and uh, uh, many others went after him, and then we found out that they were working in collusion with the uh, Democratic Party and uh, Hillary Clinton. So they forfeited. The mainstream media uh, has forfeited any claim to any kind of journalistic integrity, scholarship, or just integrity uh, in general. They have been exposed by anybody, I say, with half a brain, because half of America doesn't have a brain. They're in a a scientifically induced trance state, and that is not a joke. That's a reality, and I can document it. So so since half of America um, is operating on uh, half a brain, and they're in a trance state, they can't see the obvious. Most of your listeners can see the obvious. Those debates were viciously rigged. And then the media uh, came after him constantly. But, as we all know, the media has not stopped coming after him constantly because they're under orders from the globalist elite to do everything they can to either discredit, make him an impotent president, or get him thrown out before he even assumes office. And that's what all these these things like the recount and all the rest of this stuff is all about. But there's another danger which we should get into on today's program, and that is, you know, you mentioned Pizzagate. And this is something that I have been writing about diligently and researching for decades. And I I know you've done your own research. It's it's expressed in your novel quite well. There's a gruesome scene. Quite honestly, Doug, your novel was a brilliant novel, Stained by Blood. And uh, it exposes... Uh, what we're about to talk about. It exposes it. But I'm telling you, <laughs> that one chapter you have where it describes what happened to, to, to the boy, I can't get that out of my head. And, and I can't get that out of my head, not because the image was uh, perverse. I can't get it out of my head because I can't stop thinking about the incredible pain, anguish, and, 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 and psychological abuse that that uh, young boy had to endure and hopefully overcome in his life. I can't get the pain and suffering that that boy experienced in that, in that, that scene that you, you described. And I don't want to give away the contents of your novel, but to think that oh, right. this kind of uh, abuse is going on uh, through pedophilia that's connected with satanic uh, uh, cults and satanic groups. And and as you know, as both of you know, um, when you read the uh, writings of Aleister Crowley, the great Satanist, 
who who created among other things the term sex magic and you read the, the teachings of Aleister Crowley which these Satanists and many high level witches um, are actually doing you see that Crowley in his books is advocating satanic rituals which involve all kinds of extreme sexual perversion especially sexual perversion done on young children uh, and uh, young children in pedophilia that is satanically motivated um, they rape uh, they brutalize they torture young children uh, that's part of the satanic ritual that's part of how they activate the release of satanic power and luciferian power that's how the satanists and the witches how they get their power how they get their supernatural abilities which are real many christians make the mistake of thinking that satanism and witchcraft rituals you know it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo with a bunch of nuts walking around in black robes and a, nut, a bunch of nuts doing all this stuff that, that, that couldn't be farther from the truth this stuff goes back to before the flood it goes back to babylon and uh, this is, let's put it this way, um, it is an occult scientific me method of using ritual to release the power of Lucifer to give them uh, money, uh, earthly power, uh, earthly indulgences and all kinds of uh, perverse sexuality and to, to, to change reality. The purpose of the satanic rituals of of raping kids and then killing kids, offering kids up in satanic sacrifices, which is being done all over the U.S., it's being done all over the world, especially among the elite. The purpose of that is to uh, use the ritual to get Satan to release the supernatural power that he has to give them power so they can recreate and so that they can change reality. And Christians make a mistake in thinking it's just a bunch of, you know, uh, weird stuff and it, it, that there's no power in it. No, they know what they're doing. They do release power. And I, I would say something further than that. The Satanists, who are in the highest places of our land and in Europe, the Satanists and the high-level uh, witches, they, they have more faith in the teachings of Satan and the teachings of Satanism, these Satanists have more faith in the teachings of Satanism and the teachings of Aleister Crowley than the vast majority of Christians have faith in the Word of God and the promises of God and the promises of God to release supernatural power. So the problem we have here is a power vacuum. We have Satanists who really believe, they really have faith that Lucifer will change reality for them and give them power, etc., if they perform the rituals that Lucifer commands. But on the other hand, not all, but the vast majority of Christians, uh, first of all, don't even really understand the scientific reality of the supernatural. And number two is, they don't have the majority of Christians do not have the same level of faith that the Satanists have. So you've got all these millions of Christians walking around spiritually powerless and have no idea how to get God to release supernatural power. And then Satan's people, because they actually believe Satan, unlike God's people who do not believe God's word, 
are temporarily in a triumph mode, and it shouldn't be that way. Amen to the, all of that. And um, if I can say this, your your book, I, I, go, I have to go back to your, your book, uh, books, plural, uh, including and especially a prophecy of the future of America 2016 2017 which should be um, read in conjunction with a prophecy the original a prophecy of the future of America two two separate books um, it, what's taking place today you outlined in both of those books in such a manner where the the, the, the information is really leaps off the pages from those books and um in a way, what we're seeing today, uh, you have spoken about, you've written about, and the reason I bring this up is because I, I, I've been getting a variety of emails. It's an interesting cross-section where people are saying, for example, uh, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about Pizzagate. There's nothing there, or the, you know, it's being overblown. Well, no, th- this is the core. Um, w- w- this exposes the core satanic objectives, the, the, uh, the uh, method, the the, uh, the mo, the, the method of operation, uh, the the motive, the means, and the opportunity of the crime. That's really been at the forefront of every or almost every evil act since uh, within modern history and since the beginning of time. So I just want to drive that point home uh, because there are a lot of people who are saying, "Oh, I'm so sick of this." Well, no. You've got to understand the context of which this exists, and it's it's more than pedophilia. We understand that too. I'm kind of addressing everything. It's about the satanic element that you describe, and uh, you know you shared the the dais with Russ Dizdar many times, and Russ Dizdar has talking about the uh, talking has talked about this quite frequently, and it's interesting because the very agencies that have been tasked to investigate such matters have refused to do so and have publicly declined to admit that such evil exists, at least in in a um, in the format in which it does. Even to the extent of our pop culture television, for example, Criminal Minds, a, a, a show that I happen to like, um, it's about a behavioral analysis unit of the FBI, but, but their public uh, stances, satanic ritual abuse does not exist. Um which is which mirrors what the FBI says. So, having said all of that, um, all of this plays into the current events of today. I guess is what I'm really trying to get at, and it's it's important to the extreme. But it's not just one thread; it's the ball of thread that we're looking at. And uh, you know, you start pulling on the, the various uh, loose ends, and everything comes apart, or everything gets exposed. Yeah, you said that very well, and I'd like to address the people. Uh, who either think or who have emailed you and said, I'm tired of hearing about Pizzagate because there's nothing there. And people who uh, uh, say things along those lines. And I, 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 I'm going to say this as uh, coherently as I possibly can. That is a completely irresponsible assessment of what's going on, number one. Number two is um, you're wrong. If that's what you think, you're wrong. And number three is, it is incumbent upon you to educate yourself, do your homework, do your research, know what you're talking about before you make a statement like that. Because I challenge anybody 
who thinks there's nothing there, or, you know, it's, this is all about, you know, this dark, weird stuff, there's nothing there, or, or the government agencies who say it doesn't exist. Well, they know it exists. They're simply hiding it. Um, it is there. If you do your research, you will find enormous documentation that it is there. Now, it is imperative also that if you call yourself a, a, a Christian and you say that you're living to serve the Lord, you have a responsibility before Almighty God to engage in the spiritual warfare that God told you about in the book of Ephesians. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the dark unseen forces and wickedness in heavenly places. The Apostle Paul would not have told us that we're fighting demonic powers, high-level demonic powers, and satanic forces, fallen angels and demons. The Apostle Paul would not have told us that if we weren't really engaged in that high-level spiritual warfare. So, so to totally ignore uh, the teachings of the Apostle Paul, to totally ignore the uh, uh, Word of God when it comes to the book of Revelation, and to totally ignore the uh, words of Jesus Christ where he continually demonstrated the reality of, of demons, the reality of principalities and powers, the reality of Satan, in his interactions with people where he cast demons out of people. So that's just a tiny fraction of what the Bible has to say about the existence of Satanism and demonic powers. If we go back to ancient Canaan, uh, and I explain this in my books, like the Prophecy of America, Future of America 2016-2017 and Mass Awakening, which you were kind enough to write the foreword to, and in the first book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, if we go back to ancient Canaan, the ancient Canaanites were the descendants of the Nephilim and the, the Rephium. And hey, Paul, they, if, yeah. we can, if we can uh, pick up right on the other Absolutely. side of the break, we're coming Absolutely. up against our break, and right. uh, we're going to talk about this. We are joined by Paul McGuire and talking about exposing the Luciferian elite and their agenda as all these new revelations have come forward from the Podesta emails from WikiLeaks and this is an international conspiracy far outreaching just the United States and the politicians of and people of evil here but this is a global uh, crime satanic network we'll be right back with Paul McGuire paulmcguire.us is his website stay with us from our radio and television studios here in northwest Pennsylvania, HagmanReport.com. That's our primary site, HagmanReport.com, HagmanReport.com. And also Hagman and Hagman.com, the latter, of course, for show information. Our very special guest tonight, Paul McGuire, PaulMcGuire.us, hitting on some extremely critical, critical and important information about, well, the Luciferian elite, their 
their machinations, the nefarious plans that they have, and they're executing. And uh, so much to get into. I want to get back to Paul real quick. PaulMcGuire.us again is his website. Um, his latest books, uh, "Prophecy in the Future of America" 2016-2017, uh, must read in my view. And of course, the original "Prophecy of the Future of America" as well. Important to uh, combine together. Before we get back to Paul, very quickly, uh, folks, have you have you heard about MasterPreps.com? I'm blown away by this. Over 20,000, that's right, count them, 20,000 products and more are being added daily. Masterpreps.com has all of your outdoor camping, prepping, survival needs covered from tents to backpacks to you name it. I, you know, I just can't even, it's, it's, it's like walking into a virtual, uh, uh, preppers store. This is, this is an amazing website. They carry high, the, the highest quality of merchandise, high quality companies, everything that you need, water filters to, uh, well, all the top brands of everything. And, and they even have a Doug special there. And I selected that. Um, you, you can see what it is. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even name it on air. Masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. So. Get yourself, uh, with the holidays coming up, get yourself, your loved one, something great this holiday season. Get it on sale at masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Paul McGuire. Paul, thanks for holding over. Uh, cut you off midstream, but, but, uh, certainly you can select or, or pick it up where you yeah, left off. With the, uh, the, the Luciferian elite dating back, you know, to the ancient Canaanites. Yes. Um, so, if we and first of all, I'm not I'm not picking on. I want people to understand that I'm not picking on the people who say there's nothing there, there's nothing in Pizzagate. You know, uh, the government saying, well, there's no such thing as satanic ritual killings. I'm not picking on the Christians who who um, are saying there's nothing there. I know that the anybody in government who says there's no satanic ritual killings, that's that they're they're giving out disinformation. They're hiding something because they know that that exists. But for the people that don't think this is important and uh, are bothered by the discussion, I, w- I would simply say, like a coach would say to his team, you know, you need to really, like, uh, get in shape. You need to get disciplined. You need to really step up your game because uh, in love you're incorrect. But the, but the problem with you being incorrect is it's going to bring about catastrophic consequences eventually for you personally, but it's already bringing about catastrophic consequences for all the little children who are being raped and uh, killed in satanic rituals. Okay? So it's important that you understand what's going on. And if if you're doubtful that something is going on, then I would ask you to consider this. What if, hypothetically, you're wrong? And... God has given you the power to stop the brutal sexual torture and rape of little boys and girls. The brutal sexual torture and rape of little boys and girls. And then the satanic ritual sacrifice of these little boys and girls being killed in satanic rituals. What if it is happening and because you came to a faulty conclusion and you could have done something about it by speaking out you could have saved the lives of these children from being horribly abused and killed. And God's going to hold you responsible for that because he's going to say to you at the judgment seat of Christ, hey, you could have stopped it, but because you were too irresponsible to really search and dig out for the truth, 
you said it, it, it's not happening, but it was happening, and I was using people like the Hagman, Hagman Report and others to try to get you to wake up, but you refused to listen. Anyway, that was that said in love. Now, the other thing is, the Bible, uh, going back to the account of the ancient Canaanites who were occupying the land of Canaan, which is the, the, the land of Israel, but, but the Canaanites were in charge of it. So, the uh, way the Canaanites worshipped their false gods is all the false gods of the Canaanites uh, were really idols or pagan gods and they were really a way of worshipping Satan himself so you would have uh, Moloch and uh, Baal and in the worship of Moloch and Baal uh, the people of Canaan would burn their little children alive and conduct satanic rituals to worship Moloch and Baal. And Moloch and Baal were simply representatives of Satan. So they were in reality worshiping Satan by burning their children alive in what is clearly a satanic ritual. And they did that so that they would get power, they would get prosperous crops, they would get all kinds of tangible things in the physical world. And they did get those things. It's not just superstition. Now, the the other goddess, Asherah, which who also represented Satan, the people of Canaan would worship the, the, the false goddess uh, Asherah by conducting uh, high-level high sexual perversion, orgies, temple prostitutes, and all kinds of sexual ri rituals. And that was another way of worshiping Satan through, through, through all kinds of sexual perversion, which also included pedophilia and all kinds of things. So the two put together is exactly what the Satanists and the high-level witches are doing today. So it's, it was true in the Bible, and it has been carried on uh, throughout human history. That's the purpose of the secret occult secret societies is to pass on the knowledge of these rituals and this satanic knowledge from empire to empire till we get to our time. And it's, this has been going on in every empire and every kingdom since ancient Babylon. And so people need to recognize that it's happening in the, in the world today and they really need to do their homework and educate themselves. Jesus Christ said you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you don't know the truth about any area of life, but let's say the truth about what's really going on in terms of satanic ritual abuse, little children are going to be brutally harmed because of your lack of willingness to educate yourself and know the truth. And uh, that's why knowledge is power. And the Bible says to expose the hidden works of darkness... And if we're in a spiritual battle, we have to know our enemy before we can engage our enemy in a spiritual battlefield, which the Apostle Paul says exists. And on the other hand, I, I really focus in on this in A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, both the book and the four DVD set. I uh, really dig into the lies of Joseph, Daniel, and King Solomon. And I just want to talk about Joseph and Daniel very, very quickly. And that is, both of those men were placed in the highest courts. Uh, Joseph was placed in the highest positions of power, uh, the, the court of the Pharaoh uh, in ancient Egypt. 
And uh, Daniel, the prophet, was placed in the king of Babylon's inner court. Now, both uh, the king of Babylon with Daniel and the pharaoh with uh, Joseph, these were heavy-duty occult uh, empires where all kinds of satanic worship uh, was being conducted, including human sacrifice, sexual perversion, occult rituals of every kind. But God raised up Daniel and Joseph to to reclaim the territory, to to be God's influence, and God was able to raise up these two men uh, in in the highest, most powerful occult centers, perhaps in human history. Now, those men, Joseph and Daniel, were fully aware of the satanic rituals that were occurring all around them. But God was able to use them because they had teachable hearts. They didn't say, oh God, I know everything and I know there's nothing going on here. No, they were teachable and they were able to do uh, great good for the kingdom of God. And God wants to do that through every person. But unless you're willing to pay the price and study and self-educate yourself, then you can't be used by God. God, you know, God can use an idiot. Oh, sorry for me being so blunt. God can use an idiot. Okay, but God would prefer to use somebody who has disciplined himself and trained themselves, prepared themselves, and educated themselves. That person is far more useful to God. So, uh, it went started in ancient Canaan. Now, it is prevalent in our modern society, and there's evidence everywhere. And one of the primary purposes that I've devoted a lifetime of research, beginning in my teens, because I was involved, fortunately not in Satanism, but in the occult and the New Age movement and stuff, um, I have personal uh, experience, personal research, and then researching things that uh, are very dark, because the Holy Spirit led me, and the Holy Spirit opened doors for me to gain access to knowledge that a lot of people don't have. So... Um, the key thing here, though, is that this uh, power is real, and it's written about openly. And I know I've said this before, but I'll say it once again. To the people at the highest levels on planet Earth throughout history, they understand what Sir Arthur C. Clarke said, science is magic. To high-level occultists, the Illuminati, etc., there is no separation between science, the occult, technology. Um, it's all the same. It's only the people who don't know what's going on that separate uh, science from magic. So there, there are occultic systems in place that control the power centers of the world. Now, God would like his people to exercise the supernatural power that is available in him, and triumph over the powers of darkness. But unfortunately, a lot of God's people are not teachable, so that they are basically impotent and spiritually impotent. They have no power. I was, um, in my research, as you know, I communicate with a lot of people privately. I've mentioned this before, but I don't want to mention his name before. Uh, one of the highest level um, uh, experts in the military in the area of psyops or psychological operations, uh, both in the NSA and military intelligence, one of the very highest people in the entire hierarchy, uh, became familiar with uh, 
my books and writings, especially the first book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, uh, because he requested a copy, and I sent it to him, and he read it, and we, we talked about it. He, I'm not saying that he, he, he is uh, uh, killing children, uh, but he is a, a high-ranking Satanist, and uh, uh, very high-ranking, so high-ranking that I won't go any further in the discussion. He knows that supernatural power is real. I've talked to him. He knows you can change reality. I've talked to him. He is a brilliant man. He's a genius. He's a scientific genius, not just a Satanist. He's a scientific genius. He is fully aware of, of the fact that these rituals can change reality. So when we use the term uh, the technocratic elite, as I've said in your program, the technocratic elite or the scientific dictatorship, technocratic elite comes from the word techni, which where is where we get our word technological, and that comes from the derivative word uh, techni, which comes from the word uh, wicca or witchcraft. And then finally it means uh, the reconfigura uh, reconfiguration of reality or the power to change reality. So the technological scientific elite use both science, technology, and supernatural power to change reality. That there, what I just said, that the, the, the highest level peoples, uh, people in our world from Babylon to today, they understand and they are currently employing a mixture of supernatural power, the occult, science, and technology. It's fully operational, and they are changing our reality, the American matrix and the global matrix. They are changing the rea reality. They're changing uh, people, and they know it works. They're not sitting around scoffing at and saying there's nothing there. There's nothing there with these rituals. It's just a bunch of ignorant people jumping around lighting candles with robes. No, no, no. They are using this. This this guy, guy is not really the word, this one of the most powerful men in the United States who read my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, the high-ranking Satanist and world, probably the greatest expert in PSYOP, psychological operations in the world. He knows his, I, I read his book, okay, which we discussed uh, in, in our communication. He is he he talks in his book openly about scientific methodologies for winning wars, including the employment of EMF waves and all kinds of high-level technological weapons that most people don't think exist. He writes about in the book, but he also talks about the supernatural element. So Daniel and Joseph. Men of God both knew in the king of Babylon and the king of Egypt that those kingdoms operated with the combination of the occult, supernatural power, science, and technology. Why is there this fatal, fatal blind spot in the minds and hearts of so-called Bible-believing Christians? Their own Bible, the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, speaks thousands and thousands of times about the nature of multidimensional reality and, and, and about the fact that there's not only a Lucifer and the servants of Lucifer that have real supernatural power. For example, in, in, in Egypt, when God's people were being delivered by Moses, the magicians, the sorcerers uh, in, the, in, in the court of Pharaoh, 
They, they weren't playing uh, children's games. They were performing supernatural miracles. They just weren't as powerful as the supernatural miracles that God was doing through Moses. But they were performing supernatural miracles. So we see this come to a conclusion in the book of Revelation where we see the Antichrist and the false prophet who are serving Satan implement the high-level technology of the mark of the beast, which is either a nanochip implant uh, or a microchip implant, and then computer brain interfaces, uh, hive minds, etc., etc. This is the mark of the beast, and it's a combination of hardcore scientific technology, computer technology, artificial intelligence, and uh, the reality of... Um, the supernatural. There's a wedding between the supernatural and this. So Christians need to understand that the power... I hope people are really paying attention and not daydreaming. You are in the most intense spiritual battle in the history of mankind. And for crying out loud, in the name of Jesus Christ, you need to awake, thus the term, uh, a great awakening. You are asleep, and the word says, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That is a warning from the word of God about a real devil and demonic powers who will devour you. You know what devour means? They will rape, torture, burn, kill, and incinerate your body, ultimately in a concentration camp. Wake up and start Stop fighting with God and stop playing checkers or chess with God with this pride where you think you're actually more intelligent than the supreme being. Get your mind in synchronization with what the Word says. Humble yourself and you bow before the Word of God. Don't put yourself above the Word of God in the seat of the scoffer. Repent before the living God of the universe and say, Lord, I am sorry because in my heart I have this secret uh, pride, where I actually think I am smarter than you. You need to repent of it, because this this concept that exists in the vast majority of evangelical Christians, that there is no intense supernatural battle, that these fallen angels and things are not really real, that satanic ritual abuse doesn't really work, that they don't have the power, that the Illuminati doesn't exist, and all the other uh, fairy tales you tell yourself these fairy tales, these lies that you convince yourself are real, is the essence of psyops, by the way. And if you really want me to be blunt, the devil is a master of psyops, and he's got you so fooled, you don't even think you're in a warfare while he's destroying you. So you need to wake up and become educated through the Word of God and studying books and listening to people that have paid the price, and then you need to get up to speed. We are right now in the greatest... Uh, most intense supernatural spiritual battle in the history of mankind. We are coming to the end of the age, and it is the plan of God to raise up America once again, temporarily, to be a global platform for the preaching of the gospel, for sending out missionaries, for making disciples of all nations, for occupying until he comes. It is God's desire, because of the covenant our uh, founding fathers made, uh, the Pilgrims and Puritans, Puritans it's God's de desire to raise up America right now. That's what this entire thing with Trump is all about. Wake up. Trump, 
is being used by God. Okay? He's imperfect, but God is using him as a gladiator because it takes a gladiator, not some feminized Christian male leader. It takes a gladiator to go into Washington, D.C. and drain the swamp and deal with this. And you need to be praying for this man. Amen. Trump gives us the possibility of a second chance, which is what God wants to give us. But he needs the cooperation of the people of God. And then America can experience a temporal restoration, a temporal economic pro prosperity, so that it can advance and preach the gospel. And most importantly, all of us together should be united in God's ultimate purpose, which is the fulfilling of a last-day soul harvest. If you don't recognize that the devil is in an all-out spiritual warfare to shut us down, what do you think the fake news is about? It's an effort to shut the truth of Christ down. What do you think uh, the, the media is all about? The global elite. At the top of the pyramid of the global elite, you need to wake up and, and really grasp reality. Not all of them, but a significant percentage of the highest people in the global elite are satanic worshipers. They're disciples of Satan. They participate in the dark satanic rituals, which include human sacrifice, child sacrifice, hypersexual perversion, pedophilia, and so on. Wake up. It's real. And you need to believe your Bible as fervently as these people believe the words of Satan. The, the pushback, uh, Paul, against the Christians right now, and you mentioned a key phrase, the fake news. The pushback we're seeing, especially as a, in the context of Donald Trump, where you had before the election Clinton getting up and saying all all seventeen intelligence agencies um, have verified that the the hacks, for example, had come from the Russians, and blaming the Russians for for meddling in our um, in our um, election affairs, which is why. Which is the excuse, by the way, that the uh, th that they gave uh, for taking Julian Assange, taking his internet access away, because of meddling with our elections. So all of this under the umbrella of fake news, of which Paul, you, us, Infowars, Steve Quayle, Hodges, everyone, we are all placed under this umbrella of face of fake news, and uh, so, so people need to understand. The war again, and by the way, Paul, many Christians are are falling victim to the narrative that uh, that that uh, we are a part of the fake news. Not, not many Christians, but uh, interesting number of them, and are fighting, and we are fighting amongst ourselves, or we're we're, we're taking incoming uh, shots by by members within our own church community. It's an amazing thing to, to watch because the spiritual battle is in overdrive, hyperdrive, um, as you pointed out. Well, you're 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 absolutely right, and and people need to understand uh, the psychological dynamics of using terms like fake news. And I think I said this the last time I was on the air with you, but I need to say it again. And I explain it in detail on Mass Awakening. In, in great detail. The, there's a basic principle in psychological operations and what is termed scientific mind control. 
And one of the basic principles, and some of these principles are used in advertising too, one of the basic principles, uh, and this was developed at the highest level by Adolf Hitler and his ministers of propaganda like Joseph Goebbels, and that is, it is easier, Hitler said, I'm paraphrasing his words, it's easier to tell a big lie, what he called the big lie, and to get millions and millions of middle-class, working-class Christians and people, it's easier for them to believe the big lie than it is to try to convince them of a small lie. And the reason for that is this psychological dynamic. The human mind in the middle class and working class, they lie, this, this is what Hitler said, they, they often lie in their own private lives regarding small things. You know, like, no, I, I wasn't speeding officer or whatever, or, or, or small, you know, petty things or lying at work or whatever. And so they think it's conceivable and doable to tell small lies. Okay? Because of that, they believe falsely that it's impossible to, to, to raise the ante and to convince people of, of a huge lie. It, it would never enter their wildest imagination that people would be so gullible to believe the big lie. And knowing the psychological dynamics of this psychological mechanism, Hitler developed the, the psychological uh, strategy of telling the big lie. Because he Absolutely. knew the, the middle class and the working class would believe the big lie without questions. And that's right why... Money, Paul. We're right. up against the, the, the break. If you can hold this thought, when we come back, we got you for another half an hour. Um, folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report with Paul McGuire exposing the Luciferian elite. PaulMcGuire.us, his latest book, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017. Stay with us. So happy to have with us Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us, just a prolific uh, author, investigative researcher, pastor, man of God, man of integrity, and a good friend of this program. That's Paul McGuire at paulmcguire.us. Listen to this, folks. The intellectual territory we are now entering into is society's last great taboo. Talking about things like the truth and the meaning of life is society's new pornography, and it's almost completely censored. Society will now allow you to indulge your mind in almost anything, even things that were once considered obscene or forbidden. Today, the only thing forbidden is the truth, and especially the truth about the meaning and purpose of life, along with the real nature of reality. One more, one more thing. The super elite, no moral restraints. The direct consequences of this is that those people who are, who understand this con uh, consciously or unconsciously, and those people in the higher levels of the elite who believe that they are gods, believe that they can do whatever they want, whatever they choose to do, with absolutely no moral restraints. I'm going to stop there. The source, Paul McGuire, the book, Mass Awakening.
folks, you've got to you got to read this. It is an insightful work. That's Mass Awakening. Go to PaulMcGuire.us. Paul, come on back, sir. Okay, and thank you for reading that quote. Um, let's go back to uh, the, the the fake news and, and the agenda and this whole uh, lie, the big lie that that it is the Russians. Uh, that, that these, that many of these, uh, uh, so-called fake news websites, uh, which are websites, uh, run by, uh, people that your listeners, uh, like and, and know very well. And, and their websites like Drudge Report. And, uh, I didn't check to see if you guys were on the list. I don't know if you were or not. I'm sure, um, you would be. <laughs> Maybe not. You're on somebody's you list. <laughs> yeah, you're on somebody's yeah. list. <laughs> Um, the thing is, th- they're employing the psychological strategy of the big lie. But before I get into that, if I may, I just want to say a couple of things before I forget and we run out of time. On uh, th- on Thursday, December 15th, uh, I'd like people to join me at Paradise Mountain Church. We're going to have a special prophecy meeting at the Garland Hotel uh, Thursday, December 15th, and it's free. Uh, but you got to register, uh, and you go to paulmcguire.us, and uh, the power of the Holy Spirit will be there. I, I pray for each person who comes personally, if they choose to be prayed for, and then I share some very cutting-edge uh, prophecy updates where I try to help people connect the dots, such as you do so well in your program. So I invite people to, to join me at Paradise Mountain Church, December 15th, Thursday. And uh, we're going to have a great time. And, and by the way, every time I do uh, a meeting, we do our local church meetings, I ask people how they heard uh, about uh, my ministry, et cetera. And uh, you, so many people who come to these meetings are Hagman and Hagman, loyal fans and listeners. And, and they just publicly stand up and say, I heard you on Hagman and Hagman, and I love that. I love those guys. And it's just constant. So uh, you have a tremendous, uh, diverse, uh, huge audience. And so it's a, and, and the people who say that they're Hagman and Hagman listeners, they always have a good attitude. You know, there's something about them. I did, they're just lovable. Let's put it that way. Okay. And then we have just released after the election. I waited after the election to finish the production on a brand new three DVD set, which I think is critical to get America. What's going to happen next and America? What's going to happen next? The three DVD set. It talks about what's going to happen next now that, that Trump is getting ready to be put in office, what we are, can expect that's soon going to happen, and what we can do about it. So if people want to be informed, uh, which they should be, but if they want to also know what they can do about it, because they have to do something about it, or very bad things are going to happen, I encourage them to get the 3DVD set, America, what's going to happen next. And I deal with fake news in that uh, DVD set. So fake news and this Russian thing is an example of the psychological technique of the big lie. And so they're blaming it on the Russians, which is a preposterous uh, thing. It's totally without any credibility. It's a complete lie. Um, Hillary used to use the term the vast right-wing ex- uh, uh, conspiracy that was against her. And now it, the media and others are saying that the Russians, that, that all these big uh, alternative news websites 
are secretly uh, Russian propaganda agents, uh, you know, hiding, or they're they're uh, unknowingly promoting Russian propaganda, and that's a complete lie. But it's the big lie. When Chris Wallace was into was was challenging Trump and moving from moderator to adversary during one of the debates, I think his fairness, by the way, is a complete uh, scam. He wasn't fair. He was just less biased than the others. So Trump made the statement that um, uh, he made a statement that this whole thing about Russia being behind uh, uh, news and his campaign uh, was a co- complete lie. And then Chris Wallace aggressively said to him, fired back, didn't ask him a question. He fired at him. Well, 17 or 18 uh, uh, high-level people in intelligence, U.S. intelligence said that, that, that it was true. They believed that uh, all this is coming from Russia. Well, you know, you can get uh, uh, 17 or 18 people in the intelligence community and the various branches of the intelligence community to say that aliens uh, are influencing the election. Because these guys work for a current administration, and you can find seventeen or eighteen of them to say anything, because they, yeah, they're hired. That, that was a that, that was a flat out lie. I mean, he was referencing right. seven, seventeen agencies when only two said it was possible. That was DNI Clapper, and I believe uh, the other from DHS. But uh, bottom line, it was all false. I'm sorry. I, I just want to make that clarification. No, I'm glad you said that. I, I didn't know it. So only two. So that makes it even worse. So only two, and you can find if, if you bothered if they bothered to do their research, they would have found out that thousands of uh, intelligence, uh, high-level intelligence people would, would say there's absolutely no truth at all in, in the assertion that the Russians are involved in fake news, etc., or the election. It's completely non-true. So here we have, and this is the, the Orwellian Big Brother media, which is controlled by the globalist elite, and they're doing what the globalist elite want because Trump is a threat to the to the, to the master game plan of the of the globalist elite. So, um, if Chris Wallace or any of the media bothered to do any homework, like you obviously did, and discovered it was only two intelligence agents that said it's possible, they didn't even say it uh, as a fact. It's possible that Russia uh, is controlling these websites and is behind the fake news and is trying to rig the election. They said it's possible. Only two. So, to show you the dishonesty of the media, and even the dishonesty of Chris Wallace, I mean, he was smiling like the, the Cheshire cat. Well, the only problem is, Chris Wallace was also adversarial and attacked Trump, subtly attempted to bring him down, and he, the only thing he did is he was less obvious and a little bit more polite than the others. But he was an adversary. That's why he got the job. That's why the doors were open for him to be a moderator. And people need to wake up and really be discerning. Now, um, I talk. I, I, I talk about where this is going because what what you just said, Doug, is, is the probably the most critical thing. This this monopoly of news and information and thinking in the hands of just six corporations that own the media, the mainstream media, and they are doing the work of the globalist elite. And I know you paid attention to the fact that 
when the story broke regarding Pizzagate and the Podesta's involvement in soul cooking, which is an Aleister Crowley sex magic ritual. So there we have Aleister Crowley, the great Satanist sex magic rituals, being carried out in the highest offices of our land, and that is a satanic ritual. And notice that the media brought up everything, or not everything, excuse me. They, they talked a lot about what WikiLeaks dumped, but conspicuously, including Fox News, there was total silence because I was watching after the story broke. Total silence. They totally ignored and acted as if it never was said that WikiLeaks had proof that there was correspondence among the Podesta brothers uh, regarding these soul-cooking uh, or spirit-cooking events being held by a satanic high priestess, uh, Abramovic, uh, which is an Aleister Crowley sex magic ritual. And there were inferences uh, or allegations, let's say, of uh, pedophilia and worse in satanic rituals. I was doing research because the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me often. And I was pursuing this, and I discovered there is an existing network in Manhattan and New York City among the elite and uh, especially people in the uh, art crowd uh, and the uh, highest level elite in Manhattan, San Francisco, and a couple of other cities just in the United States. It's also happening in Europe. But there are other of these artists like Abramovic, the satanic high priestess, uh, who does the spirit cook cooking rituals. And Abramovic, of course, paints paintings in blood, semen, urine, uh, etc. But then I discovered there were other female artists in Manhattan that just during Thanksgiving uh, held these very high-level parties where they would serve food on the naked bodies of women and uh, they would be served uh, expensive wine by uh, uh, women dressed in bondage outfits, etc., etc. And the artist who, who was the creator of these high-level parties is also a artist, and she too paints her paintings in her own blood. Uh, and as I dug a little deeper, she is a high-level witch, and uh, she's also involved in Aleister Crowley sex magic rituals. So, so you know, there's a huge network of this going on globally, and people need to, to really wake up because it's real. In the, the brand new three DVD set, America, What's Going to Happen Next? I talk about spirit cooking. I talk about the satanic rituals. People need to understand that it's real. Trump is a threat to, to the globalist elite. I, I was watching his speech carefully. I think it was yesterday. Uh, his, what was it? The celebration or thank you tour. And I was listening to his speech. And he said a number of things that he had never said before, and he said them with a power that he had never said them before. And I was quite shocked. I, I didn't fully process the entire thing until later. But Trump very boldly said, and I, and I commented to my wife, I said, I've, I've never heard an American president or politician ever say stuff about this. Trump was talking openly not only about the, the, the globalist elite and using the term the globalist elite, but Trump was talking about uh, the, a, a world currency, uh, a global army, uh, the, the globalism, global government. And the, the exact words that he was using 
were words that he had never uh, uh, used before. And he was really getting into some deep territory. And I was shocked by his bravery and his understanding of this. So I woke up today, and it dawned upon me, because I had forgotten, uh, one of Trump's uh, closest advisors uh, personally gave uh, Donald Trump a copy of our book, The Babylon Code, that I wrote with Troy Anderson. And, you know, I assume Trump didn't read it because, you know, he's running an election. But when I heard him talk in depth about the global army, the UN army, uh, the, the US, the American flag, not a UN flag, and a, uh, a global uh, uh, government, and a global economic system, and a global currency, the, the, the way he used the words and the manner in which he used the words was almost word for word what we wrote in our book, The Babylon Code. And, you know, I can't prove 100% that's where, that where he got it from, but I believe that he did because the person, I know the person who gave it to him. So Trump, people need to understand, Trump, God's hand is on Trump despite his imperfections. He is a direct threat to the, he may not be aware of it, but the Luciferian globalist elite crowd. He's a direct threat to this entire uh, New World Order, uh, his entire threat to the global government, the global army, uh, the, the end of U.S. Uh, currency, the establishment of a global currency. He's a threat to the world system and the globalist elite and the occult satanic globalist elite. So it's, it shouldn't be mysterious to us why there's never been a president or a politician in the history of the United States of America that, one, has been this popular, and two, who is under all-out assault by just about everybody. And every globalist institution is in a full-out, 100% assault to tear him down. Now, people may say, well, he's compromising because he, he hired this guy and this guy, and they're part of the elite. Well, um, we need to pray for Trump because really there's a massive spiritual... Let me say this. We have to understand that the Satanists, the high-level satanic witches, are right now, even as we speaking, are speaking, are conducting very dark satanic rituals that involve human sacrifice, child sacrifice, pedophilia, and the worship of Satan for the purpose of releasing satanic power on our government, the governments in the world, and for controlling our reality. The Satanists are serving their master diligently, and this has a direct effect on the political system of America, the banking system, the economy, etc., etc. We as Christians should be doing far more in worshiping the true God and obeying the true God and calling upon the supernatural power of the true God and engaging in high-level spiritual warfare and praying for all those in authority above us so that the powers of darkness released by the Satanists is driven from the halls of government, it's driven from our nation, so that God can do what he's trying to do. He's given us a second chance in Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a gladiator, and God would like, I believe with all my heart, and it's in the, the book, and it's, 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 I explain this in detail, in great detail, in America, what's going to happen next, the three DVD set, and I'm going to teach on it 
at the, this uh, Paradise Mountain Church meeting, uh, December 15th, Thursday, which is free. Uh, that's December 15th. People can come and join me. I'm going to teach on it. We have to understand that God has given us a second chance, but we have to do our job. We have to back this man with the supernatural power of prayer and uh, vocally stand and be participate. We have to be knowledgeable. We can't come to ignorant conclusions about this It doesn't exist or this is not happening. We have to understand that the Satanists are very busy and they're very real calling down demonic powers on behalf of their agenda. We Amen. have to Paul. be responsible to occupy until he comes. Amen to that. And if I can just add something here, um, what you said about uh, the the evil machinations and activities of, of the people in power right now, uh, for those of you who doubt this, uh, from the Podesta file, uh, Podesta emails, email number 14333, that's 14333, from Cheryl Mills to Hillary Clinton while she was Secretary of State, a very simple one-sentence email to Hillary Clinton from Cheryl Mills states, I will be sacrificing a chicken in the backyard to Moloch. Um, so that's just one of the many emails. Again, 14333 for those of you who want to look it up uh, in the Podesta email file. So exactly right, Paul. Go ahead. And, and Doug, uh, was that uh, Podesta was saying, I will be sacrificed? Could you repeat th- those words? Sure. Sure. Uh, the email is from Cheryl Mills, the deputy uh, White House counsel, or the deputy counsel to uh, Hillary Clinton, or the counsel to Hillary Clinton, Cheryl Mills. The email was from her to Hillary Clinton, and it was a one-sentence email in response, in an email chain. The email is identified by WikiLeaks number 14333, and the sentence is, I will be sacrificing a chicken in the backyard to Moloch. Many people have, uh, many citizen investigators and journalists have um, suspected that chicken, which is the pedophilia code for young boy, uh, hmm. they, they believe that was uh, perhaps a reference to a, a young young boy. Um, that's very interesting. I didn't I didn't know the exact quote, and also I remember from many years back uh, reading some investigation or police report thing that was public. That, that that the term chicken uh, referred to pedophilia uh, of young boys. So so uh, the very fact that a sacrifice, whether let's just say it's a chicken, chicken. Well, that's a sacrifice for an anim- of an animal, a blood sacrifice of an animal to Moloch, which is a pagan god that represents Satan. So that's a blood sacrifice to Satan by one of the highest uh, uh, ranking members in government. They, they're making a satanic blood sacrifice to Satan. That's what Moloch represents. And if it is correct, which it, it appears that it is, that chicken is really a known code word for uh, pedophilia and rape uh, of a young boy, then that would imply, because pedophilia and rape is a, is a standard satanic uh, ritual, and then if the bo- young boy is killed, and th- th- that's apparently what it is alleging, that something is being killed, that is a satanic ritual. It's a blood sacrifice, not just to Moloch, because Moloch represents Satan. It's a satanic ritual blood sacrifice with pet- pedophilia and rape, and then ultimately the sacrifice, the human sacrifice of a little boy to release satanic power. Now, those people that doubt uh, that you were talking about earlier, 
They really need to, they, they need to come to grips with their unbelief because, they, first of all, these people are releasing satanic power through satanic rituals because it has worked for thousands of years. This is not some mythology. But God in his word so many times has promised his people far superior supernatural and miraculous power if they will worship him on the terms that God has set out in his word. And the word of God says, without the spilling of blood, there is no remission of sins. The Satanists understand that there, there is power in the blood. There is power and life force in the blood. That's why they have blood sacrifices. But that's a counterfeit, because God already taught us in his word that there's power in the blood. In fact, there's a hymn, a Christian hymn, there's power in the blood. Uh, of Jesus Christ. So we need to appropriate the spiritual power through the blood of Jesus Christ and overpower the satanic blood sacrifices by taking, by occupying the land which God has given us and remembering that God has given us the legal authority to operate in the highest level supernatural power, where we literally have authority over all demonic powers in the name of Jesus Christ, and the name of Jesus Christ represents the highest legal authority in the universe, because Jesus Christ is King, and, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So instead of sitting around and belly aching and being unbelieving and wandering in the wilderness for 40 years like the children of Israel and saying I don't think there's anything to this or I don't believe that this does anything that is unbelief that's wandering around in the wilderness instead of walking around doubting God's word God's people need to be appropriating by faith the supernatural power of God and taking dominion over the satanic realm and driving the power of Satan out of our nation and Trump can't do anything unless the most powerful force on earth, which is the supernatural body of Christ, consisting of all true believers, is willing to exercise the legitimate spiritual authority that the King of Kings and Lord and Lords has given the church and take authority over the devil. If we don't take authority over the devil and take dominion spiritually, over the forces of darkness that are trying to, to destroy our nation, then, then uh, Trump and others that are trying to uh, bring about uh, the, the, the healing and, and make America great again, they can't succeed without the backup power of the supernatural power of the body of Christ. Amen. Paul, you, you hit that out of the park, you know, <laughs> and it's you are so right on the money. We, we, the, the, the takeaway from, from this, and, and I want to thank you so much for being part of our program tonight. We could go another 10 hours because, and, and one of these days we're going to go for overdrive. I mean, it, this is so important. The problem is being identified. The, um, and the problem, of course, is being the evil that has permeated and, and saturated the powerful, the, the, the people in power. And of course, um, all of the different, uh, well, uh, everything that's going on, it, it's, it's very real. Now it's being revealed. Now we have to stand up and we have to fight against it. We have to put on the armor of God and, and fight against it. And, and you're doing just that, uh, in both arenas. And by the way, folks, again, on Thursday, December 15th, Paul is going to be conducting a, uh, uh, having a, 
a prayer uh, prophecy Par- meeting. Yeah, Paradise Mountain. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, excuse me. No, no, excuse me. It's December 15th, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday the 15th. And you're going to be back on with us on the 13th as well. Correct. Oh, on yeah. Tuesday for the first two hours. And, uh, we'll be sure to continue to promote, uh, your, your prayer meeting. And folks, go to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. So you can get all the, uh, information there as well as, uh, Paul, the Paul McGuire report. Um, you can listen to that here on Blog Talk Radio. It's on uh, SoundCloud, is, and you can get it on a podcast as well. It's a show I strongly advise everybody who has the time to, to definitely tune in. Everyone's got the time. Just use it appropriately. And and Paul McGuire Report is... I listen to that. I listen to the show. Can't get enough of it. Paul, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight. Gentlemen, thank you, and thank you for being faithful and stand strong in, in the power of the Lord. And I, I, I would like to ask your listeners to pray for you guys and your families and what you're doing. Pray for the guests that come on and their families, because all these people, especially you guys, uh, your guests, myself, are on the front line. And so we, too, need backup power from all of you who believe the Lord out there. Amen, sir. Until next time, God bless. Stay safe, Paul. We'll be talking to you. Folks, remember, right back, stay right where you're at. So honored to be able to be coming to you live via Global Star Radio Network. That's the place to be. Place, in fact, you can find uh, Dave Hodges on Global Star, Ted, Ted Brower on Global Star, Lady on Global Star, Lady or Studio Dog. I'm telling you right about now, just about every every night deliveries and ladies at the ready. If we had cameras on right now, she'd be making a cameo appearance. Always faithful. Always faithful. Feeling a little bit under the weather she was and had to take her to the vet yesterday. I was more nervous than, than she was, I think. She's better. Stomach issue. Oh yeah, big time. Global Star Radio Network, carrying health masters, Ted Brower, Ted Nostrum Brower, of course, Dave Hodges, us, Russ Dizdar. It's the place to be. Also, YouTube Live and BTR. Blog Talk Radio. They do a great job as well. Now, uh, before we get to our next guest and move on with the program, I I, I have to tell you that we had a, a get-together with some very influential people uh, here just, it was about oh, a week and a half ago. It, it was a lunch meeting, and we purchased 12 8-ounce private reserve Angus burgers from Omaha Steak. Dot com. Now, we actually grilled them up, and you talk about rave reviews from those in attendance. The 12 8-ounce private reserve Angus burgers, they're available. When you go to omahasteaks.com, uh, they're available there for you, and everyone just raved about them. So here's the deal, folks. If you If you are looking for that perfect gift for someone who has it all, or or if you just want to eat well without having to go to the grocery store, stand in line, or the butcher shop, 
omahasteaks.com and in the search bar right away put HH. That's our, that's our promo code HH. And there you will be treated to a beautiful package. A package that was $215. They discounted it for our listeners 77% to under $50, $49.99. Listen to what you'll get. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, and they are delicious. 12-ounce packages of all-beef meatballs, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one package, one packet of Omaha steak seasoning, which really is magic. It's like uh, it's like steak pixie dust man it, it just makes the difference and of course you will get four additional kielbasa sausages free with your order that's forty nine ninety nine. all you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com enter hh in the search bar add the family gift pack to your cart and get 77 percent off it is a gift guaranteed to be a hit omahasteaks.com hh in the search bar with us on uh this segment and for the rest of the show is uh, Mr. Justin Peters. Folks, go to justinpeters.org and visit the website of Justin Peters Ministries. Um, this is a, a new guest that we're having on the show. Uh, Mr. Peters, it's great to have you on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be with you guys. And uh, I must say, uh, just listening to that last segment, I'm quite hungry now. <laughs> but, uh, but good to be with you all, and thank you for having me. Well, you, you know, you were, uh, how's your neck feeling? I, you know, you get kinks in your neck and, uh, uh, folks, our, our guest tonight, uh, man, he, he, you had some, uh, neck issues. I've got neck issues as well and, and that's no fun. You, you feeling okay? Well, uh, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. I, I just, I guess I slept on my neck wrong last night and woke up with a really bad crick and I, I you know how it is. You just can't turn your head. It just hurts so bad. So I, I've just kind of been uh, sitting in one place most of the day and took some ibuprofen, but that didn't seem to help much. So I've had these before and usually hangs around for a few days. So uh, I'll live, but <laughs> I appreciate you asking me. It is kind of uncomfortable, but but I'm okay. Um, Justin, it's uh, it's great to have you on the show. I was looking over your website. Uh, again, folks, go to justinpeters.org uh, to visit Justin Peters Ministries website. Uh, can you tell us a little, us in the audience, a little bit about yourself and uh, what led you on this journey? Sure. Well, um, I was when I, w- I was born with cerebral palsy, uh, uh, handicap. I could walk on crutches fairly well, not for long distances, but I could walk all right. And, and uh, so, uh, CP can be much worse than the case that I have. It, it can be lighter, but it, it can be much worse as well. But uh, when I was 16 years old, a neighbor of mine came up to me and he he said, Justin, God has spoken to me and he's told me that he's going to heal you as long as you have enough faith. And at age 16, this really uh, struck a chord with me. I wanted to be healed. I wanted to do the things that my friends were doing. I wanted to be able to run and play football and uh, drive, which at the, at the time I couldn't. I can now, but I couldn't then. It didn't really think I'd ever be able to at that point. But So I really wanted to be healed. And... Uh, uh, he told me about a, a faith healer named Nora Lamb who was coming to my hometown then of Vicksburg, Mississippi. And uh, I 
I was fully convinced that I was going to be healed. I thought I had all the faith and everything, and um, several people made the same claim that he did. Oh, yeah, God spoke to me, too, that you're going to be healed. And and so, uh, long story short, I went to see Nora Lamb, fully expecting to be healed, and, of course, uh, was not healed. Uh, Nora Lamb was a fraud. But um, that was my first exposure to the Word of Faith movement, uh, what's more commonly known as the health and wealth, name it and claim it, prosperity gospel, the doctrine that says it's always God's will for a Christian to be wealthy, always God's will for a Christian to be physically healed. Uh, you should never be sick, or if you do get sick, you can be healed as long as you have enough faith or as long as you sow a seed into someone's ministry, and you know, that means give someone money, sow a seed, so that you can reap a harvest. And uh, so I, I, at the time, I didn't even know it was a movement. It wasn't until years later that I began to study the movement at a more academic level in seminary and uh, came to realize that the origins of the Word of Faith movement are not Christian at all. The origins can be traced back directly to the metaphysical cults, Christian science, New Age, New Thought, Gnosticism, and what you see on Christian television, uh, the networks such as TBN, uh, the Inspiration Network, Daystar, GEB Network, um, it's not 100% of what you see on Christian television, but but easily, easily the vast majority of it, I would say upwards of 95% of what you see on Christian television is this health and wealth, name and claim it, prosperity gospel that's uh, some of the notable leaders in this movement would be Kenneth Copeland, uh, Benny Hinn, Jesse Duplantis, Joseph Prince, Creflo Dollar, uh, Joel Osteen, Joyce Meyer. Uh, these are just some of the more leading, uh, more popular proponents of word faith theology that sadly the United States has created. We created this prosperity gospel movement through men like Kenneth Hagin, who's, who's now dead, died in 2003, but Kenneth Hagin, Oral Roberts, kind of uh, popularized this health and wealth prosperity gospel, and, and now in the, the baton has been taken up by your more modern uh, faith preachers like Osteen and Joseph Prince and uh, Paula White and all these others, and, and um, we have exported it now to the rest of the world, and and uh, it really is a, a, a very egregious heresy. Now, I will say, while I'm thinking about it, that some have made the charge against me that the reason that I do these seminars and travel around the world teaching against it, but some say, oh, well, Justin just does that because he's bitter that he was not healed when he was a teenager. And and uh, I think I can say with uh, crystal clear conscience, nothing could be further from the truth. I tell people if I have to live the rest of my life with cerebral palsy, um, that's fine. I've, I've got all of eternity to live without it. So uh, I'm, I'm very, very satisfied, very grateful for uh, in, the, in the position in which God has put me, the condition that he's, that he and his uh, sovereign decree has allowed me to have uh, cerebral palsy. So I'm not bitter about being crippled at all. I'm just driven by the truth of God's word, and so many people are being deceived. They're 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 being taught a false Jesus and a false gospel, and so I'm I'm driven by the truth of God's word. Justin, if I can ask this question, do you believe um, 
it's interesting how you how you opened up with that. Do you believe that all that? Okay, have there been in modern times instances of uh, uh, faith healing? I, I don't I don't know how to ask the question properly. Have have people been healed by the laying on of hands by others? Uh, are there instances of healings like that? Uh, well, it's an interesting way you phrase the question. I've never uh, been asked the question that particular way. I suppose uh, one of the one of the misconceptions, popular misconceptions that people have about me, they'll say, "Oh, well, Justin doesn't believe that God heals people today." That's not at all what I teach. And anybody who has seen the compendium, the totality of what I teach, knows that I, I teach everywhere I go. I say everywhere I go, I, I fully believe that God not only can physically heal people today, but that he does physically heal people today, but only when it's his sovereign will to do so. Uh, so I'm not surprised at all when I hear uh, credible testimonies of someone who has been physically healed. And I say credible because most of the stories that I hear are anything but credible. It's You can never track them down, never document them. It's, you know, my friends, cousins, neighbor kind of thing, you know, that you can never uh, document or substantiate. But uh, the reason I say it's kind of interesting the way you ask the question, as far as does God heal people through the laying on of hands, uh, I certainly would say that he could, but I don't believe that uh, laying on of hands is an integral part of healing. I don't, I don't think that that's like a, a magic key to get God to move on, act on somebody's behalf, to lay one's hands on them. I think our, just a prayer for someone, uh, regardless of where we may be located, to, to pray is just as effective as you know, laying on a pen. So I, yeah, okay. anyway, I, I don't well, think well, that that's... Uh, and I, and, and I'm and my sorry, question... My, my question was was I asked my question that way because that's the only way in my mind I was thinking at the time of of um, an example. But okay, um, God, I, I mean, I personally believe that God heals people, um, but not everyone for for reasons that we don't know. You know, um, so I, I believe. No, I just want to make sure you do believe that uh, God does heal people, right? Yes. I believe okay. he not only can, but does. Now, do I believe that it's um, the rule? No, I don't think it's a common thing when God uh, heals someone uh, in, a, in a dramatic, miraculous way. I don't I don't think it happens a lot, but, um, but it, it does happen uh, from time to time. And I would say it would stand to reason it probably happens more in areas that uh, in which people do not have ready access to uh, the kind of medical care that we have here. And, and I've been in a lot of these places. I've been to very poor countries. I've been to Ecuador and Uganda and um, India. And, and uh, so I certainly would not surprise me if it happens a bit more frequently in countries that just don't have the kind of medical uh, facilities that we do here. Um, but... Uh, often, it's not always God's will for people to be healed. It's just not. Uh, I tell people, you know, look through the Bible. Look at, there's many examples of faithful servants of God who were not physically healed. Uh, Moses was not. Elisha in Second Kings 13 died of an illness. Uh, Paul, the 
Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4, and I don't even go to the thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians 12, because that's debatable as to what that thorn was. But you can look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul says very clearly that he had a bodily illness. Uh, he wrote to Timothy and said, Take a little wine for your stomach and your frequent ailments. And I tell people it's very interesting that Paul did not write to Timothy and say, uh, Timothy, go see a faith healer and be sure you sow a seed in his ministry so you can reap a harvest. He said, take a little wine for your stomach and your frequent ailments. So um, there, there's many examples. David himself in, in, in Psalms said, it's good that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. So um, it's a it's a really dangerous thing on many levels to to teach that God always wants you healed. He always wants you wealthy. Uh, you can have your best life now. To to uh, quote Joel Osteen's first book, uh, it's just it's just uh, it's a concept that is truly foreign to God's word and gives people a, a false Jesus with a false gospel. No, you're right. And and if we can, and I don't, we don't mean to jump around, get back to the um, the prosperity gospel um, and the think and the, grow rich, pray your way to prosperity. The word faith movement. Um, if you had to define the word faith movement, how would you define it? Sure. The word faith movement, as I said, is more commonly known as the health and wealth, the prosperity gospel. But word faith movement specifically does teach that it's always God's will to be healed, always God's will to be wealthy. But the reason they teach that is because they have a very aberrant view of God, a very uh, a very diminished view of God, and a very elevated view of man. They hold to what is known as the little God's doctrine. They teach that if you are a Christian, you are in fact a little God. You're not just human, you're a little God. And uh, this is really at the core of word faith theology, that uh, because you are a little God, and and uh, I've got all kinds of documentation for this, but uh, they teach that once you're, you become a Christian, you're a little God, and therefore you are entitled to health and wealth, because a God cannot be poor, and a God certainly cannot be sick. And so... The emphasis on health and wealth is what the movement is known for. It's what you see. It's what they teach on most of the time. But that is really just some of the bad, low-hanging fruit off of a rotten theological tree, a tree that's uh, rotten at its core. They teach that we are gods and therefore entitled to health and wealth. They, they teach that we can speak things into existence. We, they teach that God created not ex nihilo, not out of nothing, but rather God created by speaking faith-filled words. In other words, they teach when God spoke, his words were containers of a tangible substance called faith. Hence, word of faith movement, word faith theology, and they teach that we can speak things into existence by our own words of faith. We can create our own realities by the words that we speak. We just speak words of faith, and we can create our own reality, uh, speak things into existence. Uh, we can, If we need money, we speak it into existence. If we need healing, we speak it into existence. And this is why if you've been around some of these folks, if you have a friend or family member who is in this movement to one degree or another, you might notice 
that if they get sick, they will deny that they're sick. Uh, maybe they've got a cold. It's obvious they have a cold. Their eyes are watering. Their nose is running. They're congested. Uh, they're running fever. They're sneezing. You know, whole nine yards is patently obvious they're sick. But you ask them, well, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, you know, they won't. They will never say I'm sick because in their system they believe that if you say those words, then those words in and of themselves have creative power and will bring those things into existence. Uh, they believe that if you're sick, it's because you have been thinking sick thoughts. And I have a video clip, very recent video clip, actually, of Andrew Womack, who's a word faith preacher, uh, teaching that very thing. He says, if you're sick, it's because you've been thinking sick thoughts. And um, that's foreign to the Bible. There's there's nothing in the Bible that supports such a, an outlandish kind of teaching. Uh, what that is, actually, is New Thought. It's a metaphysical cult known as New Thought, New Thought Theology, that has been wrapped in some Christianese, wrapped in some Christian lingo to make it appear to be Christian when, in fact, it's not. Well, uh, and, and it's very cult-like. It, it's it, it adapted uh, to many cults, or many cults have, have embraced this. Um, now, on the other hand, however, yeah. what you're, you're not saying, uh, I, don't, I don't believe you're saying, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but uh, really there's no use or there's no good reason for us to walk around having a cold, saying, oh, I'm so sick, um, or reinforcing mentally reinforcing your impairment that's not what you're saying right i mean um admitting you're admitting you're sick is is admitting you're sick is okay but not dwelling on the fact where yeah what he's talking about is the the law of attraction that is part of this new age got um, it got it you know prosperity gospel movement where um you can uh you know, say things like, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, win a million dollars, and and it'll happen." You know, uh, and and yeah. promoting that as being part of God's agenda. Thanks, Joe. That's right, and and I'm actually glad you said that because that is basically what this is. It's a Christianized version of the law of attraction. That's uh, also known as the secret. Oprah Winfrey has been very fond of the secret, has been promoting the secret in the last, oh, 10, 12 years or so, that um, whatever you think about, if you think positive, happy thoughts, your positive, happy thoughts will go out into the ether out there somewhere and will engage universal laws of attraction and will the universe will bring happy things to you, positive things to you. Conversely, if you think negative thoughts, then your thoughts go out there into the ether and engage these laws of attraction, and and you will attract negative things to yourself. So, um, yeah, that's exactly what this is. Word faith theology is, it's a conglomeration, it's kind of a witch's brew of of new thought theology, new age theology, Christian science, Gnosticism, uh, all of this stuff kind of mixed into one uh, uh, witch's brew cauldron of, of various theological errors and cloaked in some Christianese. Uh, they do a lot of eisegesis, reading a presupposed meaning into a text of Scripture rather than deriving the meaning of the text out from Scripture, which is how we should read the Bible. Exegesis, they don't they do not do a lot of exegesis. They do far more eisegesis, reading things into the Bible, taking verses out.
And uh, uh, Justin, yeah. we only have about uh, two and a half minutes before the break. Um, why do you, what, in your opinion, why is this movement so prevalent and popular here in the United States, and why has it grown to the proportions that we've seen it grow to? Sure. Well, uh, it's a great question. The reason it's so popular is that it appeals to two of the most basic and universal of all human desires, health and wealth. I mean, most people would like to be wealthy, and most people want to be sick. There's very few people who who would uh, choose to be sick. There's a few folks out there that just like the attention, I suppose, that comes with being sick. But most people don't want to be poor, and they don't want to be sick. And, And this movement, this prosperity gospel, tells them, well, if you'll just come to Jesus then you can have it. You can have health and wealth. Well, you've got about 7 billion people on this planet that want those things. They want health and wealth. And and so they're saying, if you'll just come to Jesus, he'll make you wealthy, and you'll never be sick again. Well, wow, well, well sign me up. You know, where, where do I sign up for that? That's, that's great. You know, I like that, Jesus. And so you have literally hundreds of millions of people around the world that have responded to the prosperity gospel, but they have not responded to the true gospel. And uh, I tell people that there are no adjectives when it comes to the gospel. There is no prosperity gospel. There is no social gospel. Uh, thank you very much, Tony Campolo and Jesse Jackson and all those guys. There is no social gospel. There is no prosperity gospel. There is just the gospel. But the reason it's so popular is it because it appeals to two of the most basic and universal of all human desires, fallen human desires, to be rich and to be physically healed. Yeah, and it's uh, just amazing to see how far removed uh, Christianity has come uh, away from the Word of God and uh, how the churches today and many of the denominations and Christianity as a whole seems to be adapting to the ways of the world instead of sticking to the the doctrine and and the scriptures and uh, given by uh, Jesus and the apostles and and we see this difference today where um it's been the opposite you know throughout history where uh, you know the church is conforming to the world and the world is able to influence the church and this is where we see you know these uh, apostate uh times that we live in people falling away from the truth and it's not that they're falling away from from you know, Jesus per se. They're falling to a fake, a false Jesus, um, due to the twisting and uh, you know getting the wrong interpretations of scriptures and people not reading their Bibles, not being disciplined in their prayer life, and not having their own personal relationship with Jesus. And because people are relying on pastors and uh, other leaders for their biblical uh, knowledge and information, it's allowed. A way for so much deception to enter in and um, you know people are, are so dogmatic at the same time and they are dogmatic about things that aren't even biblical and you know we see that you know with some of the things we talk about on the show you know from the rapture to holidays uh, christian holidays we celebrate that have its roots in you know uh, back to babylon and paganism um, and you know to do the current times with homosexual marriage and uh, abortion being you know permitted and allowed by uh, and even uh, proclaimed by some churches it's downright scary folks you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman report we have Justin Peters with us justinpeters.org is the website uh visit and bookmark his website when we come back we're going to continue to uh, discuss uh, some of the doctrines that 
have been deceiving uh, people for a long time and, and what those doctrines are and how they deviate from the actual biblical truths that are in the Bible. We'll be right back with Justin Peters from Justin Peters Ministries right after these short messages. Stay with us. From our radio and television studios here in Northwest Pennsylvania, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, Simulcast BTR, Blog Talk Radio. We thank the fine folks there, as well as YouTube Live. And our very special guest, uh, Mr. Justin Peters. Of course, visit his website, Justice, Justin. Yeah. Every time I do that, I, I have to put a dollar in the jar. Right here. Eric, Eric the Tech makes me do that. Tomorrow we're going to go over our numbers. JustinPeters.org is his website. Just JustinPeters.org. Before we get back to Justin, let me ask you something. If you're old enough, if you're old like me, do you remember your grandmother, maybe your great-grandmother, talking about home remedies? Well... How about the stories about the stores that our great, great, great grandparents shopped in? Filled with home remedies, homesteading supplies. I've got a great website for you to, uh, you've got to bookmark this website and spend some time there. Tradingpostinthewoods.com. Tradingpostinthewoods.com. First responder disaster relief specialist put together well, they have responded to 18 major disasters, and they've got 27 years of combined experience, the owners of TradingPostInTheWoods.com. This is your one-stop shop for items that will help you prepare for disaster. In fact, they believe that they believe that equipping people how not to be a victim or the problem when crisis happens, but instead to be the solution is the name of the game. Trading Post in the Woods is an American family-owned and operated company formed from their skills, their knowledge, gained from, gained from responding to numerous disasters. From minor disasters to, to huge disasters in the U.S. and around the world, they they learn most disaster victims don't even have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their lives. They've created, for example, Simple Survival American Heritage Remedies Kit. That's just one of their products. And other natural alternatives to provide this host of uh, remedies uh, or, or treatments when there are no doctors or pharmacies around. This is this goes back to what our grandparents and great-grandparents, how they used to handle emergencies and issues and needs. 
They specialize in comprehensive national survival remedy kits, preparedness, homesteading supplies, skills training, whether it's on the medical side or homeopathy or herbal or preparedness skills. I mean, again, this is the one-stop shop. This is where we go. This is the official homeopathy-type disaster relief specialist website of the Hagman Report, tradingpostinthewoods.com. Great people, knowledgeable. We've had um, Eve Gonzalez on to talk about her experiences. And knowledgeable? Wow. Tradingpostinthewoods.com. I would urge everybody to visit tradingpostinthewoods.com and check out their specials. See what they're all about. Look at their preparation made simple um, uh, set. Oh, we have my wife just loves this. It, it's a it's a ring with a, a preparation and treatment cards, if you will, uh, uh, that provide step by step instructions. It's a step by step guide to getting prepared for disaster in just minutes a day. That's just one of the items. Disaster preparedness, natural remedies, training. TradingPostInTheWoods.com. That's TradingPostInTheWoods.com. And let them know you heard about them on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our guest uh, this hour and for the rest of the show is Mr. Justin Peters from Justin Peters Ministries. His website is JustinPeters.org. And we were discussing... uh, Disgusting. Sorry. Discussing some interesting... Hey, catchy, brother. <laughs> uh, interesting uh, topics and important topics um, in, in the last half hour, and we'll continue to do so through this hour. Uh, we were talking about um, how uh, the gospel has been perverted, and I don't know where you want to start this hour, Justin, but um, maybe we could get into some of the, the doctrines uh, that have been used to deceive and lead people astray. Um, and and um, how we can get people back on track. Take no prisoners either. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the, the word faith movement, as I said, it it is it is rooted. It, it starts off wrong. It's rooted in the metaphysical cults. It, uh, some of the doctrines that we see today were begun by a man named Phineas Quimby, Essex W. Kenyon, back in the 1800s. And then Kenneth Hagin uh, picked up, especially improved from uh, Essex Kenyon, and popularized some of his teachings, and uh, along with Oral Roberts, and, and then that led into the more modern people that you have, like Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis. Jesse Duplantis, by the way, is one of the most blatantly, uh, brazenly uh, heretical false teachers I've ever ever come across. A uh, man who claims that he actually comforted the Alpha and Omega, Jesus. He comforted Jesus himself. Jesus was feeling feeling down, and Jesse Duplantis gave him comfort, and Jesus breathed a sigh of relief after Jesse uh, hugged him. And, and I mean, just outlandish, outlandish, uh, heretical doctrines and claims that these people make. But it it truly is a false gospel. They have a a diminished view of God and a very elevated view of man. And they appeal to people's fallen desires, as we said just before the break, the desire to be wealthy, the desire to be healed. And they take this little God's doctrine, which is a complete perversion of Scripture, and make the claim that we are gods and, and therefore we are entitled to these things. And, you, you know, we look around at our society, 
society and we bemoan the entitlement mentality that so many people seem to have and and that's basically what the prosperity gospel is it's entitlement mentality on steroids in a in a theological sense because they teach that we are gods which has far more in common with mormonism than it does with anything biblical and and there's a lot of interesting overlaps between word faith theology, Mormon theology, uh, Jehovah's Witness uh, theology, uh, and and even Islam. There's there's a lot of very interesting and, and eerie uh, 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 overlaps and, and congruences that you see between all of these different um, theological cults. Uh, as well as as well as a lot of overlap with Roman Catholicism, so it's uh, they they appeal to other sources of authority besides Scripture. All of these word faith teachers, every single one of them, claims that God speaks to them, and this is their way of insulating themselves against biblical criticism. They'll say, "Well, if you can't find what I'm teaching you in the Scriptures, uh, don't worry about it, because." I have it from the highest authority. Jesus himself came and gave me these teachings. I got it from Jesus. God spoke to me. God told me these things. Uh, they all claim that. That's a telltale sign of a false teacher, who, uh, someone who claims that God speaks to them in a direct, quotable sense outside of Scripture, giving them new information. And uh, that's a telltale sign of a false teacher. And yet every single one of these, everybody from Benny Hinn all the way to Joel Osteen, everybody in between, they all make this claim. Uh, so it, it's really, it really serves uh, to unmoor people from their reliance upon the scriptures. Uh, there's no longer a need to study to show yourself approved unto God. There's no longer need to, to labor, no longer need to labor in the word, rightly dividing the word of truth. You just turn on your favorite TV preacher and listen to him because he speaks to God all the time. God speaks to him all the time. Uh, you know, it's just uh, Robert Morris does this at Gateway Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's rampant. And like I say, it, it's almost, almost everything you see on quote-unquote Christian television and and I tell people that if you want to get a, an idea of the state of Christianity in the United States, then really all you need to do is turn on Christian television because all Christian television is is a function of supply and demand. I mean, it's the free market at its best or at its worst, unfortunately, in, in, uh, in, in a theological sense because whatever the demand is, that's what they're going to supply. And so... When you turn on Christian television, what do you see? You don't you don't see expositors. You don't see men preaching the word of God verse by verse. You don't hear a lot about sin or repentance or taking up the cross, denying yourself. No, it's 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 the opposite of that. It's it's everything is is all about you. Uh, God. God's everything. Everything that God does is all about you, and He wants you to be comfortable. He wants you to have a, a comfortable life. He wants you to be healed. Doesn't want you to suffer. And, it, and so, um, it, it really is a, a good indication of where most professing believers, professing believers, are today in their in their theology. Just turn on Christian television. Whatever the demand is, that's what they're going to supply. So, uh, we're, we're seeing the f- fulfillment of what Paul said that in the in the latter days, the latter times, people
themselves, teachers who tickle the ears. And uh, uh, people, that's where people are today. Most professing believers, professing believers, will not endure sound doctrine. They, they don't want to hear about sin. They don't want to hear about repentance. They want to, don't want to hear about denial of self. They don't want to hear about taking up the cross. They don't want to be told that they've got to put to death the deeds of the body. They they just want to be told what they want to hear. And, and so uh, these false teachers are in and of themselves part of God's judgment on us. Um, just like Israel was clamoring for a king, and God said, okay, well, you want a king? Well, here you go. Uh, people today are clamoring for p- teachers who tickle the ears, and that's what people want. And God says, well, okay, that's that's what you want. Here's Joel Osteen. That's what you want. Here's Benny Hinn. Here's Joyce Meyer. Here, here's a bunch of people that will give you just what you want. They'll tickle tickle your ears, and that's that's what they're doing. Yeah, just so, a um, oh, uh, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt your uh, train of thought or stream of, of, of talk here, but let me ask about for example, the election. One of the big things going on today, and, and I'm, I'm going to try to draw this back to what you were what you were saying here. Um, one of the big narratives of today is is um, it has to do with current events, for example, and God's judgment, God's will. Um, apply if you don't mind. Apply what you're saying if it is applicable to current events the the election for example um in the the um i i don't want to use the word perversion i'm not i'm not sure what word would apply here but i'll just i'll just use the word perversion of gospel is there any of that taking place is what we're the current events here are we are we uh, seeing um some christians for example perverting the gospel um Boy, I hope you you can kind of feel the question I'm trying to ask, um, because I'm not being very articulate as usual. But uh, um, how, how does current events apply, or how do current events apply to what you're referring to today? Well, I, yeah, I think I understand your question. Uh, I, I tell people we we are a nation that is under the judgment of God. It's not a matter of if God's going to judge the United States. It's not even a matter of when he's going to do it. He already is. And uh, a lot of people before the Supreme Court decision last year, June of 2015, that legalized, quote-unquote, homosexual marriage. And and I say, quote-unquote, because I, I hope everybody listening to us understands that there is no such an animal as homosexual marriage. Uh, uh, God created marriage. He ordains it. He defines it, not the government. So uh, we have codified something that we are calling homosexual marriage, but it's not marriage. Um, anyway, that's that's what it's called. But um, a lot of people were saying before this decision came down, oh, if, if we legalize same-sex marriage, that's going to bring God's judgment. No, no, no. It's not going to bring God's judgment. It is God's judgment. It, it is the judgment of God. We are seeing yeah. what... Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. We we are seeing what the wrath of God's abandonment looks like. We're seeing Romans 1 unfolding in our country. We're seeing that God is giving people over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not fitting. 
and and so it, it's not going to bring God's judgment. It is God's judgment. I'm not saying it's the totality of God's judgment. I'm not saying we've seen all of God's judgment yet, but but we are we are under the judgment of God. It's it's already begun. It's not it, it, it's it's not going to happen. It is happening. So um, now. That can be depressing, I guess, on a, on a certain level. Uh, none of us wants to see that. We don't want to see our country go down, uh, but it is going to. It, it's going to happen. Now, how long that's going to take, none of us knows. But the the good side, to use that term, to, the, the good side to God's judgment is, is that it will have a, a purifying effect in the church. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm not excited. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not wanting the the country to collapse and the economy collapse and all that. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not, I'm not excited about it. You know, I, and it doesn't mean we sit back and we just throw up our hands and say, "Oh well, you know, nothing we can do." But but it is going to have a purifying effect on the church when real persecution does come to the, to Christians in this country persecution like our brothers and sisters in Christ in other parts of the world have already are already experiencing and have been experiencing for decades if if not longer in some areas when that kind of stuff comes here um, it's going to have a purifying effect to the church it's going to separate the wheat from the chaff pretty quickly and and Joel Osteen's church Lakewood Church for example in Houston Texas when real persecution comes to Christians in this country, that church will go from the largest church in the United States of America to a ghost town. You'll be able to hear a pin drop on Sunday mornings in Lakewood Church when when real persecution starts coming to this country, hard persecution to Christians. You'll be able to hear a pin drop because his, what he's teaching is uh, it has no answer for for uh, real persecution, real suffering. So that, that's very uh, true. That kind of answer yeah, it, it, question. It, it, and thank you for for uh, taking a very uh, discombobulated question and uh, you know <laughs> uh, fixing it and answering it directly. I appreciate that. Uh, now, what you said about, uh, for example, that the Olsen's church and it, it being a ghost town, um, I, I understand that, and and I suspect that to be true. Because persecution is coming to this country, and those who adhere to the prosperity gospel, all of that, yeah, absolutely, they're not prepared for this. And isn't that kind of the the way of most churches today, especially the mega churches, where there's no meat being taught, there's no no real scripture, no real biblical doctrine being taught. It's all just cotton candy, fluff, feel good. And intolerance. We have to tolerate the. We have to tolerate evil. Get along. Uh, go along to get along, or whatever that that phrase is, which is just a perversion, in the truest sense of the word, I believe, of, of God's word. It is, and I, I don't know if it's you or me. I'm all of a sudden you're really broken up. I'm having a hard time hearing you. I don't. I, I got most no, of I, that. But are, can, yeah, can you all still hear me? Okay. Yeah, there was actually a couple of blips there, so I apologize. I don't know what happened, uh, um, but 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 go ahead. I mean, you know, continue with your with your thought because uh, about how uh, the prosperity gospel will, will die and wither away. 
you know, when real persecution comes, and it's coming to this country. Yeah, it is. You're still really broken up. I'm I'm making out most of it. You're still really broken up for some reason. But, um, but yes, uh, well, Paul says in in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, I believe it is, that all of those who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It, it doesn't. There's no exception clause there, unless you live in the United States. It, all of those who live in godly in Christ Jesus, not maybe persecuted, will be. Now, as it is right now, we don't live in a country that has a lot of hard persecution. None of us, at least not yet, are being arrested for being a Christian. We're not having bamboo shoots put up under our fingernails, nothing like that. Uh, but there should be some soft persecution, uh, estrangement from friends, estrangement from family members, um, opposition in the in the in the job place, something along those lines. Uh, some soft persecution if you're living godly in Christ Jesus. I mean, if you're really obeying the scriptures and you're standing for the exclusivity of Christ, uh, the, if you're standing for sound doctrine. Um, then, then you should expect at least some soft persecution to come. But these churches, these happy clappy churches, as you said, cotton candy that that are teaching cotton candy theology, the people there are totally unequipped for any kind of opposition. That that, that doesn't even fit into their worldview. They they're totally unequipped because they're being told that the gospel is all about having your best life now as Joel Osteen's first book was entitled, Your Best Life Now. And so they're, they're, they're totally une- unequipped for any kind of persecution, any kind of opposition. Uh, when, when, the, when the doctor's report is, is a bad report, when sickness comes, when cancer comes, when, you know, any number of these trials are totally unequipped. And it is only through the preaching and teaching of, of sound doctrine Digging in deep into the to the text of Scripture, and when only when we understand that we live in a fallen world, our bodies are fallen, the whole world is fallen. Trials, uh, temp, uh, suffering, persecution, sickness—it's just a natural part of life. It's going to happen, but it's okay if you if you understand the sovereignty of God. If you if you have a working knowledge of God's attributes, who he is, his sovereignty, his goodness, his omnipotence, his eternal decree. If you've got a sound doctrinal foundation, then when these trials come, and they will, uh, you can, as James says, you can count it all joy. It doesn't mean you have to, it doesn't mean it's a pleasant thing to go through, but you know that God is sovereign, you know that he's in control, and you know that sometimes... God is most glorified in us when we suffer, when we're persecuted, when we are sick. And yet through the suffering, through the persecution, through the sickness, we remain faithful to Christ, we obey him, we speak well of him to others, and we point other people to him in the midst of the suffering. And and sometimes God is most glorified in that, and it's in times like that that we are often most sanctified, and and, and we can truly live lives that glorify God, and uh, and, and really, that that should be our goal. Our, our goal in living should be to glorify Christ. It's not about our comfort, it's not about our happiness, 
it, it's it's about glorifying God uh, with a, a life of obedience to Him. But that is that is almost that that kind of doctrine, that kind of teaching is almost unheard of in most evangelical churches today, and people are totally unprepared for it. They don't understand it. It's foreign to them. Um, so very ill-equipped. Yeah, and you said uh, a lot there that um, you know that people won't find unless they actually search the scriptures, um, where it talks about the sufferings. It talks about um, you know going through trials and tribulations in in your life, and and all who believe in Jesus shall suffer persecution. And you know Jesus said, you know the world hated me without a cause. Um, you know what do you think it's going to do to you? And Especially here right. in, in America and in the Western world, we have um, this attitude of uh, life is supposed to be perfect, and when any anything goes wrong, um, you know we we think it's some huge, terrible inconvenience. And even though it is, you know, most of the time things do go wrong in people's lives. Um, here in the West, we have a, a different attitude towards it. When you know you see things happening in third world countries and what's happening in the Middle East right now. And the persecution of, of Christians in uh, Syria and Iraq that we're witnessing now with ISIS. Um, this is, you know, a, a, a part of um, what the scripture says and, and what, what you were just talking about. Um, and America and Americans will see some form of, of persecution if you truly do believe in, in Jesus and, and are obedient to him. You, and, you know, uh, Joe, what I want to ask uh, Justin on the other side and if you can work this into your thought stream, is what we're seeing now um, a, a preface or a, um, a kind of a formation of what the diluted Christianity will be as part of the new world religion? Yeah, and uh, we got um, just about a minute before break, Justin. So what we're going to do is we'll uh, we'll wait, and when we come back, I got. We'll work that in, Dad, and I got a question um, also about uh, the Mandela effect and how people uh, have uh, believe that Scripture has been changed through this, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a glitch in the matrix, if you will, or uh, I don't know how familiar you are with this, Mr. Peters, but uh, the Mandela effect, it believes, it believes it affects things that have already have been for a long time and has changed them uh, somehow and now they're different and one of the scriptures to use as an example I think is um, when the Bible talks about wine when it talks about old wineskins and people are saying well it says bottles now but it it used to say old wineskins and this is uh, something that I find fascinating and very interesting and I think it's a matter of perception but I also think that um, you know we do live in a world where uh, it's a matter of deception, too. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report with Justin Peters from Justin Peters Ministries. Go to his website, justinpeters.org. We'll be right back with our final segment right after this. I just want to thank 
tuning in to the Hagman and Hagman Report. You know, we are just trying to be obedient to bring the truth to the table, to touch as many people as possible, to provide honest, uh, truthful testimony, truthful news, our analysis of the news through a biblical Christian worldview. That's our that, that's our job description, in a nutshell. And our guest is Justin Peters, justinpeters.org. That's justinpeters.org. Go to this website. Check out the video that's under. Well, check out the video that, that's on his website. It's a 47-minute video. That coming from a six-hour presentation from a seminar. It's a call for discernment seminar overview justin peters ministries very interesting um very very informative 47 minutes great job on that it's fantastic and that's justinpeters.org before we get back to mr peters i do want to mention that when we are planning for a disaster when anyone is planning for a disaster you know a must have is a good supply of batteries however the disposable kind, the throwaway batteries will go dead either on the shelf or during use well, rechargeable batteries need uh, electricity to recharge, don't they? what happens in the event of an EMP or what happens if you don't have a place to plug it in to recharge your rechargeable batteries we at the Hagman and the Hagman Report have a solution for you greenevative.com greenevative.com that is the that's the place to go for a battery charger that works off of water and salt that's it salt water it's a it, it's one of the neatest things i've ever seen they have the ideal solution it's a lightweight portable charger that makes power anywhere anytime in any weather under any conditions day or night you don't need the sun or a little hamster on a wheel all you need is this one device, salt and water. Greenovative.com. They offer a GMAG power charger, EMP safe. It's got an indefinite shelf life, can charge an unlimited number of batteries, and is made in the United States. So when natural or man-made disaster strikes and you need power, all you have to do is just add water. Uh, right now, Green Innovative is offering 15% off of all purchases through Christmas. Spoke to Alan Riggs earlier this week, and he said, Man, I don't know. I'm trying to fulfill the orders for Christmas. So get your orders in right away. These GMAG power cells are flying off the shelf. Use the promo code HAGMAN during your order for the 15% off purchases. Greenovative.com. 15% off of all purchases through Christmas with the promo code Hagman. But you have to order by December 15th. I would do it today, tomorrow, this weekend because, again, these are not staying in stock. Greenovative.com, promo code Hagman, 15% off. We are, <coughs> excuse me, in our last segment on this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, and our guest is Mr. Justin Peters. JustinPeters.org is his website. Uh, got a question. Um, for you here, uh, Mr. Peters, uh, to ask you about your take on the Mandela effect and how people are believing that Scripture is mysteriously changing. 
And are you, are you familiar with the Mandela effect? I've, I've heard of it. Uh, it. It has something to do with having like false memories. Is that right? You you remember something a certain way, but it didn't. But it's not actually yeah. how it happened. Like the Berenstein okay. Bears. I guess there's an issue with the spelling, and um, there's a lot of other examples. I don't really have them on the top of my mind. Um, I do, except the one I gave before the break about the scriptures talking about old wineskins. People, uh, a few people have said that it's changed to bottles. And um, I mean, I understand what the the Mandela effect the the theory is. I just, um, you know, it, is it a matter of perception, or are things being changed somehow in this time that we live in? Uh, I've not heard of the bottles before. I mean, clearly, Jesus does talk about the futility, basically, of putting old wine into new wine skins. He doesn't say bottles. So uh, if, if there's some English translation out there that has bottles, that would just be an erroneous rendering of the text. Um, so, anyway, I've, I've, I've not heard of that before, the, the bottles. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's so many bad Bible versions out there that uh, wouldn't surprise me. Let me give you an example, uh, because the bottles is uh, something that, that's the one thing I remember. Here's, uh, and this is from, I'm just doing a quick search here, Uh, Matthew, there's one in Mark, and two in Luke. Uh, Luke chapters 5, verse uh, 37 and 38, but new wine must be put into into new bottles, and both are preserved. That's Luke 5, 38. And uh, 537, and no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the, the bottle shall perish. Um, and that's one of the big ones, uh, you know, when dealing with the Mandela effect. I haven't seen it applied much to Scripture, except in this instance uh, with the with the terminology of the, the word bottle. Well, you know what, Justin, perhaps we should back away a little bit, uh, Joe, and, and I, I guess speak about the delusions that, that are befalling mankind, you know, where, where, where many Christians are, are being deluded, um, deluded, not deluded, but deluded, um, by, by false doctrine. Is this kind of under that umbrella, perhaps? Uh, it, it is. It is. Um, it, 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 unfortunately, people. And I, I had my Bible open to Matthew nine. Uh, it says wine skins in Luke five as well. Wine skins, the American Standard. But anyway, um, but all of this stuff is whatever errant, aberrant form of of theology that is being taught, whether we're talking about word of faith theology, whether we're talking about Roman Catholicism, or the seeker-sensitive movement, or the New Apostolic Reformation, which is a very close sister movement to to word faith, uh, IHOP, the the preponderance of this false teaching is a, a sad reflection of how biblically illiterate so many professing believers are. They don't study for themselves. They just get their theology in little sound bites or show up to church on a Sunday morning and hear some little talk, uh, as, a, as a lot of churches call sermons now, they call them talks. Uh, but they're, they're being... They're being fed a bunch of self-help, motivational speaking that's really completely detached from any biblical truth, but it's just being wrapped in a little Christian lingo. 
uh, but if if people were doing what the Bible says that we should be doing, if if, if they were really reading and studying Scripture for themselves to show themselves approved unto God, then they wouldn't tolerate this false teaching. And when I look, for example, just to use Joel Osteen's church as, as a, the easiest, probably most prominent example, largest church in the country, and and they run oh the in the neighborhood of forty thousand people through there. Uh, between their Saturday night service and their Sunday morning services, forty thousand people, and and uh, during the music they've got their hands up and they're waving and and you know swaying with the music and they think they're worshiping. They're not worshiping. That 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 that's not worship. Uh, and and the fact that they could sit under that kind of quite honestly dribble that that comes from Joel Osteen. Uh, is a sad reflection of how biblically illiterate they are. Um, there's a very sobering passage in Romans chapter 1. I've already referenced it. But when you look at that list of sins in Romans chapter 1, 28 through 32, Paul gives a long list of sins, sins which mark the lives of unbelievers. He talks about those who are sexually immoral, who are violent, proud, haters of God, inventors of evil things, uh, gossipers, slanders, and, and then he says, undiscerning, undiscerning. That is a sobering passage of Scripture, because right in the same list of sins, horrific sins, he lists the sin of being undiscerning, uh, without understanding, some translations have it, but the, but the sense of the word is lacking discernment. That is a sign of spiritual death uh, among people, because what happens when someone is saved? He, that person is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God puts that person into the body of Christ, takes his heart of stone out, puts in a new heart. He, the Holy Spirit indwells him, and I tell people often that the Holy Spirit is not a weakling. He's not a he's not a girly man. He's strong. If he is strong enough to save us, he's also strong enough to deliver us out of deception. And someone who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, he will create in that person a desire to read God's Word. Uh, just like a baby craves milk, a Christian will crave the Word of God. And so a Christian who goes to the Word of God, indwelt by his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit illumines the meaning of Scripture to our hearts and to our minds. And the more we read and study, over time, guess what's going to happen? We're going to get discernment. We're going to gain discernment. You won't be able to avoid it. It's just going to happen. And so all of these people who sit under Joel Osteen's preaching or some other prosperity person's preaching for week after week, month after month, year after year, some people decade after decade, and there's no alarm bells going off. There's there's nothing inside of them saying something's not right here. Then that's a sign that that person is not truly saved, uh, because the Holy Spirit, as I said, will create in us a desire to read and study God's word. He'll illumine the meaning of Scripture to our hearts and minds. And when that happens, we're going to get discernment. It's just going to happen. So I tell people, if you have a friend or a family member who is in this movement, and uh, that they they're committed to it. They they think it's great. There there's no alarm bells going off. They don't sense anything wrong. Well, that's a reason to be concerned for that person. Uh, one of the great ironies in all this is that the people in the Word of Faith movement or New Apostolic Reformation they would look at somebody like me and say, "Oh, 
Justin doesn't believe in the Holy Spirit. He doesn't believe uh, the Holy Spirit is active today. You know, he, you know, he just has this emphasis on doctrine. Well, to the contrary, I am so confident in the Holy Spirit. I'm so confident in his person, in his work, in his power, that I do not see, either from plain logic, nor do I see from Scripture, that there is any room for someone to habitually stay under bad teaching and have no conviction about that, have no concern about that, and and truly be a Christian, I just don't believe it's possible. So it's actually the Word of Faith people who have a diminished view of the Holy Spirit of God. So it's one of the great ironies in all this. Okay, now will this, uh, what you're speaking of, will this, in the larger sense, be a stepping stone toward a um, uh, a false one-world religion kind of environment where... Jesus is taken out of uh, out of the Bible, and there there's an uh, and I believe this to be true. I believe that there will be a merging of of all three monotheistic religions under the state, which will be the you know the false one world religion. Is this the slippery slope to that? This deception? This? Um, oh yeah. I mean, Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's it absolutely. I mean, we're we're seeing it uh, play out right before our eyes. I mean, it was just a couple of years ago, maybe not even that long, maybe a year and a half or so ago, that Pope Francis uh, made this video and sent it to Kenneth Copeland's church, quote unquote church, because it's not really a church; it's a Cope Farm. But um, Pope Francis made this great overture to Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Copeland just thought it was great. Oh, we just, we need to, you know, we're all brothers. We're all Christians here and we get together and yeah, we've got a little differences, but that doesn't really matter. I mean, we're all Christians here and, and it's, you see this, um, acceptance, just this blind acceptance of Roman Catholicism. And uh, I would say even someone like uh, Pastor Robert Jeffress of First Baptist Dallas, I listened to a sermon he preached oh, 10 or more years ago on the Roman Catholic Church, and he was very clear about it, very clear about the the unbiblical nature and the, the theological heresies of the Roman Catholic Church. But now when you see him on Fox News, Oh, Roman Catholics are great. Pope Francis is great. He's a great Christian man. Uh, yeah, it, it is. Um, uh, Robert Jeffress is lauded as this man who claims to be as conservative stalwart, and yet you're, you're seeing seeing him compromise completely on Roman Catholicism. And so there there is Roman Catholicism and Islam. By the way, have always been rather friendly towards one another. A lot of people don't realize that, but there's been a lot of. Um, um, uh, holding of hands, if you will, between those two false systems. And so, yeah, I, I think this is, we are seeing it. it. You will not hear any prominent evangelical, I don't care who they are. Well, I can't say that. There are some. John MacArthur, for example, he, he's very clear about the Roman Catholic Church. There are a few out there, but the vast majority of uh, big-name uh Preachers, preachers, large, large churches, evangelical churches, you would never in a million years hear, hear them say anything disparaging about Roman Catholicism. Uh, it, it's just been blindly accepted, and now almost all evangelicals think Roman Catholics are just kind of another, another flavor of Christianity. Uh, but it's nothing and, could and be further from the truth. 
And, and that's true. Uh, we, we see that acceptance of some of the tenets of Mormonism as well, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so, so this doctrine, the, the, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, in my view, um, and correct me, feel free to correct me if I'm incorrect in stating this, but, but the doctrine, the true doctrine of Jesus Christ and the Bible, the inerrant word of the Bible, is being perverted by man uh, um, within the body. I mean, Satan really has entered into the the church, not, I mean, the, the, the entirety of the church, and is really perverting our doctrine as well as deluding the masses of people. And there's a little, a few people, few, few Christians are standing up to, uh, to say, no, you can't do this. No, we, we have to stay yeah. true to the word. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and the few who do, the few who do stand up and say, no, this is not right. This is unscriptural. Uh, we're labeled as hateful. Oh, you're just being divisive. You're, you're, you know, you're legalistic. You're a Pharisee, and you're dividing the church. Well, Romans sixteen seventeen is pretty clear as to who divides. Uh, Paul says, "I urge you, brethren, mark those who cause divisions and hindrances contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and stay away from them." So it's not those who are standing up for the truth who cause division. It's those who are preaching error and heresy that cause cause the division, and uh, uh, there there's just fewer and fewer people nowadays who are equipped. That they just don't know they don't know what's in the Bible. I mean, I, I grew up in Mississippi. I grew up in the Bible Belt, and uh, uh, a lot of people, even in the Bible Belt, quote unquote, they they at some level know what they believe. You know, they know some of the basics of the gospel. Jesus died on the cross, he's raised from the dead. They don't really know why they believe it. And you ask a lot of professing Christians today, why are you a Christian? Why do you believe the Bible? They'll say, well, well I was raised that way. Uh, well, I hope you got a better answer than that. We, we need to know what we believe, and we need to know why we believe it. And And it's not enough to just believe in Jesus. Lots of people believe in Jesus. Mormons believe in Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses believe in Jesus. I had a two-and-a-half-hour witnessing encounter with two Jehovah's Witnesses a few weeks ago. You know, they say they believe in Jesus. Muslims believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in the right Jesus. They have a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. And uh, it, it, it's been uh, it, it's troubling to me, for example, how many Christians think that... Allah and Yahweh are the same God. I heard a Baptist pastor say that. A pastor of a a Southern Baptist church say that Allah and Yahweh are the same God. Christians and and Muslims worship the same God. It's just shocking. And and how can you... You know, it it really, after 9-11, it really through me after 9-11 hearing for example coming from Bush and others saying that Islam and Christianity or Muslims and Christians worship the same God we really don't we don't worship no. the same God 
No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We don't worship the same God. We, we don't worship the same God as the God of Mormonism or as the God of Jehovah's Witnesses. We don't worship the same God as the United Pentecostals. The United Pentecostals who believe in oneness. They believe in modalism like T.D. Jakes. They reject the Trinity. If you reject the Trinity, you've got a different God. Because God is a triune God, one God in three persons, and yet... Um, not all Pentecostals, but the United Pentecostals, they reject that. T.D. Jakes rejects that. And yet Lifeway sells books by T.D. Jakes. You know, it's just a the lack of discernment among so many professing believers is just, it's stunning. And let me say this to men, um, for everyone listening. All of the, you hear so many people talk about how much they love God. Well, I, I love Jesus. And yet a lot of these same, same people have a palpable disdain for doctrine and theology. They say, well, I don't need doctrine. I don't need theology. I just love Jesus. That's, that's what's important. You just love Jesus. You don't need doctrine and theology. That just divides me. You just love Jesus. That is a that is a foolish statement, and it reflects a profound lack of biblical understanding. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, he says, And I pray that your love, love would abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. The Bible never separates knowledge of God and love for God. Always combines these things. Because That's it, profound. Very profound. Oh, and, and it's and it's absolutely true. You know, so people think, oh, well, you've got your theology and doctrine over here, your knowledge of God. That's one thing, but over here, you see that that's that's where you have your love for God, and that's what's really important is your love for God. The Bible never separates knowledge of God and love for God. It always combines them, and it is sound doctrine and right theology that deepens our knowledge of God. And when our knowledge of God is deepened, then that enables our love for God to be deepened. And so all these people disparaging doctrine and theology and say, I don't need that. I don't need that stuff. I just love Jesus. Well, no, you don't. You don't love Jesus nearly as much as you profess to love him, because if you truly loved him, then you would want to get to know him. And the only way to get to know him is by studying his word. And it is it is that sound doctrine, it's right theology that deepens our knowledge of God and that enables our love for God to be deepened. So it's it's a false dichotomy that people have created. And it really, uh, when I hear people say that, that, that's very telling. That tells me that that person really doesn't love Christ as much as he or she professes to love him. You know, that alone, what you just said right there, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive will anger a lot of people because many people will say, well, um, that relationship is sufficient. That's all I need to know. And they, to me, that's always been a cop-out of sorts. Now, maybe I'm not the most articulate guy in explaining this, but a lot of um, animus, to me, has been generated by that, uh, that, 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 that sentiment that I don't need to know, I don't need to, to pursue uh, doctrine, or, or basically what you just said. I mean, it, but, but I, I sense that that is a source of device, divisiveness here in the church today. So very profound. Yeah, and it probably will 
upset some people, but I, I think if it does, only only because it probably hits really close to home. Uh, it, it, it there's just no getting around it. There, there's no getting around that the Bible not only does it not separate knowledge and love, it always combines them. And, and, um, and, and the opposite you, of love. What? Go ahead. No, please finish that statement. The opposite of love. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the opposite of love and the opposite of um, belief. If you were to ask a lot of people, well, what's the opposite of of belief? And, and they would say, oh, the opposite of belief is unbelief. But that's not how the Bible defines it. I want to read to you John chapter 3, verse 36. John 3, verse 36. Jesus says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So the opposite, according to the Bible, the opposite of belief is not unbelief. I mean, the demons believe and tremble. The opposite of of belief is disobedience. It's disobedience. And how can you obey what you don't know? If you don't know the Bible, then you can't obey it. So uh, it, it it truly is. It's a it's a false dichotomy. It's a false sense of humility that people have when they say, "Oh, I just I, I just I don't need doctrine theology. I just I just love Jesus. That's what's important. You just love Jesus." Well, biblical love is not measured by warm feelings or goosebumps or anything like that. Emotions. True love is is measured by obedience. The only objective measure we have of our love for Christ is our obedience to Christ. And if you don't obey Him, then you don't love Him. Period. Amen. Period. If you do not obey Christ, then you do not love Him. And I've found that the more I have read the Bible, more the more I have paid attention and sought answers in the Bible, the more I appreciate or love uh, my God. I mean, it, it just—it's—it's it's a growth relationship, or a relationship of growth, and an appreciation of, of of all things. Justin, uh, you've taken us to the end of the program. I want to thank you so much for for coming on and, and joining us. Um, is there anything that you have upcoming you want to promote? Um, any upcoming appearances? Oh, upcoming. Well. Um, my next, uh, I have a calendar, a speaking schedule on my website, justinpeters.org, so you can kind of see where I am uh, across the country from week to week. Uh, my next preaching trip is overseas, Honduras. I doubt anybody follow me to Honduras. But uh, go to justinpeters.org, and you can see where I'm speaking. And if I'm in your neck of the woods, would would love to meet you. Um, if I can be of help to anyone, I would be glad to, to do that. I always try to answer all my emails, justin at justinpeters.org. So uh, just encourage people to, to really study for themselves. Uh, be a Berean. Uh, search the scriptures to see if these things are true. Uh, read and study scripture. Obey scripture. Seek out a good church. Find a good find a church that exposits scripture. That the preacher goes verse by verse through the Bible, expounding upon the meaning of the text. Look for a church that practices church discipline. For example, Matthew eighteen. That's a pretty good litmus test if you want to see how serious a church really does take the Bible. Uh, ask the leadership what do you do with Matthew eighteen, um, and and find a church that is that. 
every church will say, oh, yeah, we believe in the Bible. Joel Osteen would say that. But, sure. But dig deeper. You know, dig dig more deeply. Uh, uh, look for expository preaching. Uh, Amen, look my for brother. a church that takes the God's Word seriously. And, and no matter how far you have to drive, I get emails all the time from people. They'll say, well, I can't find a good church. There's just not a good church in my area. What do I do? No matter how far you have to go, you find a good church. And even if it's too far away to go every week, better better to go to a good church once or twice a month than a bad church every week. Find a Amen. good church, a sound church, and, and you go there. And if if you live in an area where there's just not a good church within 500 miles of you or something like that, then if, if that's just not an option, then get together with some like-minded believers and start your own church. Um, Absolutely. Mr. Peters, I don't mean to cut you off. We're at the end of the program. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll have to do this again, and, and God bless you. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. Y'all too. Folks, that'll do it for us. Until next week, stay safe. God bless. Have a great evening.